Oh, hello. This episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. If you become a $5 backer, you'll get access to Cinema Swirl, a bonus Patreon exclusive show where we review famously bad movies. Are they bad? Are they secretly good and we like them? You'll have to listen to find out. We just did an episode on the Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter movie, and there's 13 whole episodes in total at the time of me recording this. So if you want to dip in, now's the time. $5 backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswell. Go there to find out more. Anyway, let's get swirling. Swirl! Jeez, now they're selling them jeans by the crate in episode number 58. And we're walking stylishly in denim through the corridors and the upper echelons of Hollywood, California, by way of Jumanji Drive, that is. However, once again, it's me, everyone's favorite film-watching cowboy, Kevin, joined by my OTP, Sam Chaplin. How you doing? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. One of my new favorite things about this podcast has been that as the numbers have gone up... The existential crisis yeah. that happens before each episode. <laughs> the, the level of creative license you need to have to, to develop some of these rhymes is, is always impressive. It's, it's admirable, and it's a lot of fun. It is absolutely being hoisted by my own batard. Yeah, you set it up, and now... I set it up, and I was doing this series, and then I started doing another series for the Adshira podcast on Patreon. Right. And I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of fun, because there'll be a lot of numbers, and I'll start doing this. And then I kind uh. of reused all the secondary ideas for the first 58 episodes that I've used now for Cinema Swirl. And now we've got another series, Cinema Swirl, on Patreon, yeah. where we've got the same problem! Because these mm-hmm. numbers keep coming up. It's always two, three. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and all that. It's going to be like that forever now. Are we going to like reach into some sort of like higher numbers where there's like kind of a more pleasing rhyming structure? We'll come back into the teens at some point later oh, on. The hundreds. Yeah. We better get to move on. So. <laughs> You know, we have to burn through the next 50 episodes. There's a bunch of teens in a row. Yeah, it'll be a huge number now. And I'm not just talking about a street corner, right? Because uh, that's a, a bunch of teens in a row, am I right? Hey, they, I, they'll stand right? there on the on the street corners, yeah? Listening to their records. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, yeah, you become a victim of the numbers game, is what's happened there, mate. That's definitely it, but I'm not yet at the point... You're staying strong. I'm staying strong, and I'm not yet at the point where I'm going to ask the Cinema Swirl fan base to help me make I'll basic their rhymes with numbers, because yeah. I think that that might be a bit of a Pandora's box-like. Have you even been on Rhyme Zone? Yet. No, I'm I'm a pure I'm a pure rhymer, you know. Right, I'm, okay. I'm pure. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't need I don't need no material. My hands are rhymes. I don't need a weapon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are rhymes. <laughs> ah, but yeah, it's wonderful stuff. So uh, thank you for for still doing a little rhyme at the top of these episodes. Speaking of wonderful stuff, mm. uh, the wonderful, delightful, comedic Robin Williams features in The Vote this episode, yes. which saw eventual winner and obvious choice Jumanji go up against Goodwill Hunting and Goodwill Vietnam, the sequel. And it was a, a quite a close race at the start, but then after the people who had not figured out that you had already seen Mrs. Doubtfire quelled mm. their anger, they got yep. on the Jumanji train. And here we are, Sam, about to play a really big board game. Jumanji! 
Is that part of it? Do you shout Jumanji? Because I think Homer Simpson did that in an episode of The Simpsons to see if it would do something. Yeah, that was classic Simpsons as well, wasn't it? Like, you know, they they were frothing with ideas where it's like, Jumanji! Jumanji, hey! Welcome to Jumanji! We got fun and games! Uh, So, Jumanji, what do you know about it other than the name itself? Which is... A pleasing title. Jumanji. Jumanji. It has a nice mouthfeel. Doesn't it? Jumanji. Yeah. I sound like I'm chewy. biting into a caramelly type of... Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. chew to it. Yeah. A chewy word. Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji, I call it, because it's such a chewy word. Uh, what do I know about Jumanji? I know that it is. it stars Robin Williams. Oh, the man himself. The man himself. I know that it is about, I think, a board game mm-hmm. that can suck you in to it, or it becomes part of your life or you become you go in the board game or the board game comes alive or there's a board game and it's there's a board life game. it's not the board game life which i think is the game of life it's not that okay but it comes imagine to that life. if you played the game of life and then you just like lived a slightly streamlined albeit more depressing version of life which is the game of life and if you've ever played the game of life no i haven't where it's like roll a dice uh-oh you can't go to college you're dumb like it's, that's just it like <laughs> sorry can you ask me if i've played the game of life again <laughs> <laughs> you said <said it, laughs> have you uh have you played the game of life sam every day mate <laughs> every day this is the rhythm of the game of life. <laughs> it's shice. Now, I mean, serious, game of life. That is a fucking, it's a dark it's a bad game. game. It is, it's right. a bad game. Yeah. What type of a board game is Jumanji? Is it like uh, something really Whoa. in-depth? Is it a big box game? Are there figures? Are there pieces? It's brown and green. Brown and green? Brown and green. The, yeah, that, uh, the, the the brand guidelines for Jumanji, yeah, b- brown and green. Brown yeah. and green, earthy. Allegedly. Earthy. Earthy. And I'm judging that based on the cover and the the font. And the, I on just the thought, cover. again, you were going back to the sound of the word, like it sounds earthy, it doesn't Jumanji. It, it, Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah, it sounds close to the ground. The Jumanji collection, available yeah. now, never knowingly undersold. There's, I think there's wood involved. It feels wooden. wooden. I don't know. I don't know if there's figures or... It's not like Kaplunk or Booking Bronco or Pin the... What's it called, the one? Is it Booking Bronco? Booking Bronco? No, not Booking Bronco. What's it called where you put the things on Book-a-roo. the... Bookaroo. 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 Booking Bronco. Booking Bronco. That's some sort of American version, I'm, I'm imagining. <laughs> some sort of a Booking Bronco. Yeah, we don't even put anyone on the... This, this Bookery will just go Yeehaw. on his own, like, you know? Yeah. So, if I was to ask you casually now, if top five is too many, top three board games for Sam Chaplin? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, are you a Ludo wizard? There has to be a twist, because I just lost my Ludo crown to this. I've, I don't think I've ever played Ludo. I've played... Uh, I do like... A, see, it's, it's like a Kerplunk, a board game. You know, Kerplunk is a board game. I mean, it's it's heading into family activity. And then I'm like, is Jenga a board game? I mean, Jenga's there, not there, a board game, is it? There, there, there is are it? family activities, and I would say there's a, a soft group there that includes mm. your, your bookaroos. It includes... Your your operations. It includes yeah. uh, donuters. Right. It's yeah, LA yeah. fantastic. Now, we're talking about games that mostly don't have a dice, or if they do, it's a very basic coloured thing to get you to use a gimmick. And the yeah. gimmick is like a moulded plastic or a wooden thing that is the centrepiece. Ah, here we go. Here we go. I've got an answer for you. Number okay. one. Yeah. Number one. Scrabble. Oh, Scrabble. I like a good Scrabble. Scrabble. Fucking yeah. Scrabble, mate. Oh, you'd be fucking intense to play Scrabble with. Yeah? Yeah. You wouldn't know what you come out with. Yeah. <laughs> 
All sorts of words. <laughs> yeah, with a grasp of language, sort of. A bit. Oh, I fucking love Scrabble. The thing about Scrabble is it's mm. it rewards those with a grasp of language, but it triply rewards those who know how to manipulate triple word scores. Yeah, that's, you know? there's, two, there's two layers to it. There's a savviness to it. And I've, I've played a lot of people who I would have thought are a lot you know more verbose and smarter yeah. than me when it comes to big word learning. But they didn't have the savvy point-based offense that I did. It's not just knowing the words. It's knowing where to place those words. That's the thing. Sam, and when to place those words. It's knowing the recognisable international Scrabble accepted championship two-letter words that you can use. Yeah, exactly. That's all there is to it. I'm you don't need to say big words. I'm throwing Zach at you. It's, the, it's an official abbreviation of pizza. I don't make the rules the, the guys who said Zad did, you know? Oh, battleships used to be fun. God, you're you're real good. going Billy Basic here now with these. Yeah, well, okay. Mon- like, Monopoly is fine. Uh, what was your number one all-time favourite? Was it a wooden train? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Monopoly's I'm, good. Does your family fight with Monopoly, though? Is there a bit of aggro at Monopoly? No, my family doesn't. But I've played Frustration with some friends quite recently. Not a fun and, game. And let me tell you, people got frustrated. It really? Did get very heat. Yeah. You would think like it would be a bit too route one for them to be actually angry about the, the goings-on of frustration. But they got frustrated. And it's fun when you're in control and you're, you're doing well. So when were you, you get were you the frustrator or the frustratee? For a long time, I was the frustrator. The frustrator-in-chief, huh? But it, I imagine it's cathartic when the frustrator becomes the frustratee. That's true. Frustrate me once. Shame on you, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've never been a massive board game person. I feel like the, this for gentlemen of my ilk, it's either, like, wrestling, Lego, board games, or all of those. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. I feel uh, like, that, you know, there's a mix of those has to come into it. I mean, I'm a big board game. You know, yeah. board game renaissance. I think since I moved to Manchester, where there are, like, fucking three board game shops, yeah. and my friend Heron got us for uh, a present. It's like a game called Betrayal Legacy that is one of these legacy board games that every time you play it, new rules get added, and there's new pieces, mm. and the board changes every time. And there's a lot of this, like, I love shit like that now. Like, sounds got, a bit complicated, though. It is a bit, but you just... Yeah. It's, it's like owning a fancy computer. As long as you've got a bigger nerd than you to hand, it'll be all right, right. you know? Because I played the Lost board game, the board game adaptation of the TV show Lost, with the same friends I was playing Frustration with. And uh, how'd they get on with that? It was, f- like, to set it up and to try and get through the rules was just a slog. And we tried playing it for a bit, and it was fucking boring, and it was rubbish. And then we played Frustration, which was easy and simple, and we knew what we were doing. And yet somehow made you angry and frustrated. I, yeah, I'm just saying, that's, folks. that's yeah. fun. You get a reaction. That's what you want. Whereas with Lost, we're just like, we're not enjoying ourselves here. We're, we're trying, but we're not, you know. This isn't like those guys on the island running around having fun. Hey, Sam, Running away from a monster. Board game of the TV series here, yeah? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> huh? You know my feelings about Lost. It's a smooth burn is what that is, folks. But I I think the issue here is that I might be like a fool or a buffoon who can't really deal with too many rules and complications. So board games... Even when I watch... I watch some board game content on YouTube. I I can't be doing that. I don't know why. I just like watching... Like, watching people play board games is not for me. 
You no, know. I've well, enjoyed I, it. I, I, I would happily play a board game for someone else to watch. Right. <laughs> and I, I think probably I've will at some point. I think other people play board games more than I've enjoyed playing some board games sometimes. Well, sure, next time you're around, right. we'll, ha- we'll, we'll have you play a few of the old board games and we'll no. play some nice simple ones as, as well. As simple as possible for as me, As simple please. as possible. We'll tell you what, we'll play Joe's favourite board game, It's Dinner Time, which is a promotional card game given out by Iceland. Which, wow. Uh, back in the day, they really didn't understand nutrition because it's like the most healthy thing is like frozen chips like to eat as much rice as you want it's a free car ah, <laughs> that sounds nice it yeah. is a great old game however i don't think any of these games are anything like the jumanji game but i don't know what that is so we're talking in jumanji about uh, a world of board games that you are not associated with you probably nah. more the, the speed of welcome to the jungle jumanji the new okay. the new class with Dwayne the jumanji johnson because he is all about video games and sam's a gamer guys i don't know if you know that but it just is it's just who he is yeah you know, re- you know real gamers only on this podcast please exactly sam insists on us doing this on skype because he won't talk unless he's wearing a headset with gamer <laughs> mics on us i have genuinely got a little uh little fold down thing here if yeah he's there that thing. Right. Yeah, yeah yeah that's great uh St- hey, stop camping over there, am I right? Hey, now, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam, Robin Williams, what yes. have you seen him in? What do you know him from? Because he's a comedy icon, and you've done he comedy, is. so... I have done comedy. I know about Robin Williams. I have a few things to say about Robin Williams. One, I've seen Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. and uh, as problematic as it is, you know, now. I've enjoyed it a lot as a kid. I enjoy it now. I think it's a really fun movie. And I've seen Flubber as well, which I remember fucking loving as a kid. I loved Flubber so I'm much. I don't m- know what to do with that Flubber movie because it's you're, if you put it in the swirl, you're a son of a gun. And if you put it in the swill, you're a son of a gun. It's, so, yeah. it's a tricky one, but it's, it's a so child. tricky <laughs> to make our own series just to review Flubber. Like. <laughs> I, I love Flubber. The thing about Robin Williams is he has, we said this about Jim Carrey, that mm. huge energy. Yeah. That in infectious comedy of uh, quite loud and big style of humor Woo! um yeah 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 exactly but the, the other anecdote i have about robin williams which is when he very sadly passed away as that news came out i was downstairs in edinburgh in the stand comedy club watching daniel kitson oh god and down there in it's kind of like a basement venue there's no phone service but someone during the interval who'd gone up to have a smoke break came back down with the news that Robin Williams had died, and decided to go around every seat and tell everyone that Robin Williams was dead in the middle of a comedy show. So we still had half of a comedy show left to go, but someone had come around and told everyone that Robin Williams, a comedy icon, had died. That was a, a strange move. Sam, i got to tell you, I've had people in audiences, like, you know, snipe out the best part of my joke or ruin my flow, but mm. I think in the middle of my set, if someone was announcing the unexpected death of a comedy icon, I, I would think the wind was taken out of my sails just a bit like. Yeah, it was a weird way to learn that news, and it, it changed the atmosphere significantly. Was it uh, mass grief in his... Because I think of, like, when Robert Williams died, I think it's close to, like, I think of his, like, David Bowie in terms of, like, just pure raw yeah. emotion from people. And everyone was upset about that. And it's it's that quite cliched but sometimes very true tears of a clown type thing that he was such a, a you know, big, fun figure and a, a, a positive happy influence on so many people's lives and childhoods and the idea that he was sad is is so very upsetting i think it's very easy to forget that with a lot of i mean like 
if you're a comedian who's doing like stand up and the the main gist of your set is like you yeah. know the miserable life that you're living or you know real life things that are getting you down and a lot, a lot of comedians do that and work through mm. it but i'm always yeah you mentioned tears of a clown like what's it going to be like if you are battling manic depression you got to make real like fucking high energy woo, 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 like daffy duck yeah. ass fucking shit like rv and stuff and yeah i've always like i was one of this with the first time we finally got into do robin williams on cinema swirl and we obviously left it too late to get to this point because when we started this podcast he was very much alive yeah and i always just wonder with someone like that or any comedians really like that does it make it feel a bit weird for you watching because oftentimes when i'm watching wrestling and there's someone in the ring who's had like a very horrible personal tragedy or something's happened to them i do find myself kind of getting out of the moment a little bit would that happen with you in a raucous comedy with uh, someone like this when someone's passed away and you're going back and looking at their work i i or even just the fact that you knew that the person was like miserable right you know so it can kind of reframe it a bit yeah maybe i mean i've I, i've watched mrs doubtfire since robin williams passed away and it was still just as enjoyable but there is that tinge of uh it's a shame and being sad and and knowing that there was that element of tragedy there oh see I've this wa- is like i've f- watched a documentary about him as well that was very kind of you know similarly oh because i honestly i would say yeah. the, the extent of what i know is that he battled depression and that's kind of about it well you yeah know. i mean that's the long and short of it is is what happened there so it's very interesting with this movie because this was chosen overwhelmingly and despite a very cheery chat just now because mm. this is a very joyous family yeah, yeah, yeah. friendly rocket-fueled romp well that's what he was known for yeah what he was known for and i have a funny feeling as well that this will banish any such gloomy feelings by the wayside because i have seen this multiple times in the last two years and i think you're gonna fucking love this movie okay that's a bit of pressure do you have any idea what is actually going to happen in it? Like, Robin Williams is going to be in this. You know, what's Robin Williams' usual kind of speed? You mentioned he's the high-energy physical comedian. Is it like Kerry, or what does he do? It's a lot like it's It's big energy, but he, he can be quiet and gentle as well. Um, I've seen one-hour photo as well, which, Ooh, I, which I is fucking this. great. So it's good. So good. So good. And there was an extended director's cut that has never been released, and I'm very frustrated because I would love to see that. It's just, it, it was shown in a screening once or twice why would it? you tell me this it, i know and it's it's a sh- quite a short film and there's a much longer version that God no one has gosh. access to which is uh, very frustrating but i love that film and for, for someone like him to be such a, a family figure of friendliness and fun to be so creepy and intimidating we talked about this with carrie as well that he can take a serious dramatic turn and it, that can be quite disorientating yes. and especially like disconcerting like when when you're watching sonic the hedgehog and jim carrey shows up and he's only bloody Dr. Robotnik, and you're like, no! Uh, yeah. No! What? <laughs> no! With Robin Williams, with a fun family film, I'm expecting high energy, mm-hmm. japes and scrapes, and funny voices, impressions, and this movements. Is, all we know now so far is that there's a board game here, and uh, there's a board game, Robin and gets Williams is going to go, oh, yeah, wow, yeah! And now, what, yeah. what else is going to happen? Like, what's the board, what's the theme of the board game? Is there going to be, like, fucking robots, pirates, ghosts? What's going on? Jungle. Because jungle? the new Jumanji is called Welcome to the Jungle. Jungle board game. So you're, you're putting this together. Almost yeah, yeah. A bit, compiling your jungle book of evidence, so you are, huh? <laughs> 
So it's a jungle-themed board game okay. that you get sucked into. Do they, uh, do they get transported into a jungle or something like that? Yep. And hijinks ensue. I imagine there's going to be some mild peril. Do you know when this movie came out? I think it came out while I was alive. It, I think it's a 90s movie. A 90s movie. Mid-90s, I'm going to say. Expecting graphics, special effects, big budget, animation, um, what's going on here? I reckon there'll be a bit of CGI when people get sucked into the game. Like when Mario goes into New Cooper City in yeah. the Mario Brothers movie. But I'm hoping for some more practical effects for some of the other stuff. I don't know what there would be, but I guess this could be animals and things. You're hoping for real animals? Maybe real animals, maybe the animatronics, animaltronics. Animaltronics. Animal tonics. I don't, I don't know, but I... I it's got that mid-90s... I, I don't think it's got a reputation for shit CGI, so I'm hoping... I haven't heard that anyway. Okay. So I'm hoping there's not too much of that, and it's it's just kind of pure, real bloody animals, mate, yeah? Oh, man, Back I'm before excited. the bloody political correctness brigade stopped me from having animals <laughs> and made them all 3D. I want as many wild animals as I want! <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. My doctor said I need to have eight wild animals a day, otherwise I'll get ringworm, and I can't take that risk, okay? But other than that, I don't, I don't know about the plot. I know they go in the board game. Ooh, you're going to have a good time. I'm really excited for this. Okay, before we uh, roll the dice, as they would say, uh, let's dip into the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. I thought I'd introduce myself again. Hello. Welcome Hi. to the mailbag. Hi. Welcome to the mailbag. This Funny the mailbag. seeing you here I in know. the mailbag. Yeah, I had to go to a different room um, for the, ma- the mail room, for the mailbag. It's snug in this mailbag. It's, oh, Russell, it's, Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell. Russell's here as well. Great Hey, guy. Russell. How's it going, man? Hi, Russ. So, this first question comes from Russell. No, it comes from Ross. Which close. Russell. Oh, Russell. that's good. Who asks, have Sam and Kevin seen many subtitled movies? If so, what's your favourite? For me, it's got to be Battle Royale. I, I like that this genre, subtitled movies, like, you mm. know. Well, I mean, this, this has kind of come up recently with the Oscars, which oh, we've not touched on. Oh, this is such fucking I know, baby I know, town frolics. I know, I know, but <coughs> pa- Parasite won Best Picture. And it's, it's got bloody subtitles on it, mate. Oh, it's a bloody book, is it? Do you, oh. do you know my local blockbuster back in the day, back in Galway? I swear to God, I, I probably have told the story before. Yeah. But when there was a movie out that was a foreign language movie, it literally had a red sticker that said, warning, subtitles. I mean, War- some people really warning. hate it. Yeah, some people are, are not prepared to read. <laughs> Tell you what my favourite subtitle movie is. Yeah. Like, any of my favourite movies, because I watch mo- all movies and all TV shows with subtitles on all the time. I, I've started doing that too. It's the house yeah. rules, you know? Yeah. It's much better. It's a much nicer experience. Oh, sorry, do you want to have a little chat? Because do you want to have a little chat and find out what's going on? Or do you want to be the person to be able to be quiet for two hours while the movie goes on? Or do you not care about the movie? You know, what is it? Which is it? Who are you going to be today? <laughs> Although, that said, I do agree that Battle Royale... I think that was one of the first subtitled films I saw. It was very maybe. early for me. I think the first yeah. I saw was Run, Lola, Run. Right. Oh, yeah, no, I did see that. Yeah. I remember seeing that, like, in the year 2000. Like, before I did... I remember I saw it before I did German. Well, I, I got shown that in German class. Yeah, that too, as well, which is great, because yeah. I was like, I already know where Lola's running to, so... And I get to get away with watching a movie in the classroom. So... And it's not even, like, end of term. 
this is great. It was great. You know, I got to uh, in that same German class after we did Run Lola Run, and it went down really well in the class. And I yeah. was like, this new movie called Downfall's coming out next week, and they're showing it in the IFC in town. We're like, yeah, let's all go. And I'm like, really? You are going to take us to the Hitler movie? And they <laughs> did. We Whoa. all got to go see the Hitler movie. It hey. was a romp. That's great. Uh, you know what I reckon we should do? Now I'm thinking about it. Some sort of maybe a, a subtitled swirl sounds bad, but like non-English well, if, if language. If you do a sub swirl, you'll have to do a dom swirl afterwards because otherwise <laughs> it'll all be off kilter. We'll alienate that whole community. I don't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're on thin ice as it is. But yeah, I, I mean, Battle Royale is fantastic, and I, I, I'm not opposed to subtitles. I've not seen that many subtitled movies, but I've not seen that many movies. When we did Akira, did you do subs or dubs? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Oh, I know we had a I, chat I th- about I it. I think I did dubs. Yeah, I was like, I, I, did, I, was both. I did a dubbed version with the subtitles. Yeah. I'll tell you what I love doing. This is my new favourite thing to do when I'm rewatching an anime. I will watch with the dub and then I will put the subtitles on, which inevitably on streaming services are lazily the subtitles for the original version. So the, the audio and the subtitles are, are different. Different, but only yeah, slightly yeah. different. So I can see, oh, interesting that the Japanese audience would have gotten this from this, but the American audience yeah. meant to get this from this. And it makes it pointless. It's great. You know what? I do like watching things with the just the audio and also the subtitles because there are little discrepancies in what's subtitled and what isn't, and it's it is quite interesting. But oh, okay, they've how they've abbreviated things or how they've changed things to make it and easier. Are you to, going into closed captions or are you just going into plain subtitles? You know, uh, no English brackets CC. Mate. Oh yes, please, yeah. absolutely. So, co- copy me in on these subtitles, please, because. Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, if, if if you've not watched, like, any of the Twin Peaks Return or anything like that with the mm. closed captions where they describe the different types of ethereal whooshing, like, I mean, that's the way to watch it, you know? This is yeah. the f- most fun. So, yeah, I would say let's do a foreign language swirl, but we've already done yeah. that with our anime one, so, but let's just do another yeah. foreign language one. Put Run, run, run in there. Oh, wait, no, you've seen yeah. that. You've literally just nah. said. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> There'll be some other ones. Yeah. Michael asks, now this is a very good question, if you could go on a theme park ride based on one movie you've swirled what would it be I have an answer for this I have a, a perfect answer for this and it would I'm not I'm surprised there's not one already there probably is alright hit me with it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure oh no because you'd get on. to go through all of history and go to all the different places come on that would be, be a lot of fun would you have yeah. it be like Wallace and Gromit at Blackpool Pleasure Beach where it's kind of like on a ghost car setup? Mm. But those yeah, thrills yeah. and spills are just to make you go, Way, look, it's something fun, as opposed to, I'm a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, I don't know. Just like different themed zones. I, I don't know. I like the idea of it. And I like that if you're in the queue, you can be like, what's my number in the queue? 69, dude! Oh! You, the, the big guitar music in the queue on the way. I'm, I'm mostly concerned about the queue. I think the queue would be great. I would say, I would say that's not ride. bad in terms of an idea, you know? I did look up about Bill and Ted if they had any amusements. Because I always do like to, when we do any movie, check out if there's any, like, associated merch or any, any like, amusements or anything like that. Yeah. And I know that apparently there used to be, like, a Bill and Ted stage show at the Universal Studios which Ooh. ran like under the radar for all these years is this like really grotty horrible like like the show where all the jokes were homophobic basically right. like, Vice did like an undercover report on it back in the day they were like we went to see the Bill and Ted show and it's like really really not PG and really nasty and they got shut down afterwards but the idea that Bill and Ted was being 
kind of sullied by these dirty yeah, park employees making shame. naughty jokes. It was uh, not on, yeah. I was thinking Jingle All The Way, because you could have the elements okay, of it. Yeah. I'm talking a multi-phase thing. You have air at the start where you'd be in Turbo Man, and then you have the kind of the roller coaster part where you're going through all of the uh, the, the, the toy store. People are like, that's my Turbo Man! And, yeah, and then lobbing the, toys at you from the side just to you know yeah, enhance the and experience. Of balls yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. you go through crash into the ghost train part, and it ends up with you looking at your son or daughter or whoever is that is small in your life, and they're dressed as a mailman going, "Cheers to you, Dad. I'm a drunk now." No, okay, so this no. is like a horror ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This is yeah. pod racing, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said, slag off." <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there's a cookie at the end. You go, mmm, this cookie's so good, you know? Yeah. So that's, uh, I'm so, going to jingle all the way. All right, I'm going to Bill and Ted. Thank you, Michael, for that question. Our Great question. question. I want to revisit that someday. Comes in from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. And this is from Amy. Oh! Who? Right. Brooklyn also, here. by the way, if you want to send in questions, you can send them in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Use the subject line, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, if you're hitting us up from... Uh, is the is the Bronx and the Brooklyn the same? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they are. I'm not 100 Bro- I'm, I'm a real Bronxlinite here, folks, yeah. so you know. Yes. So uh, I'm walking here, and I'm walking towards this question from Amy. Which... <laughs> oh, hang on a second. Here he comes. <laughs> which reads, Hello, Sam, Kevin, and Joe. Joe the intern getting a shout-out there, which is very nice. Ah. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Uh, do you have any movies slash TV shows, brackets, or any other media that regularly invade your dreams, whether or not you've been watching recently? Amy says that it used to be that whenever I would binge the show Lost, which you know I'm a big fan of, I was almost guaranteed a few dreams about the hatch or the island, but it also happened out of nowhere. I haven't watched in a while, but last night I was involved in a rooftop escape from an unknown villain along with Kate, John Locke, Claire, Michael, and Son. These are mostly very fun dreams, not stressful or nightmarish at all. But this specific piece of media is obviously burrowed deep into my subconscious. Although I consider myself a fan of the show, it's not like I spend every free waking minute thinking about it. Do you have any similar experiences? Amy also goes on to say some nice things about cinema as well and how much she enjoyed the Pretty Woman episode. Hey! And the more films of that ilk would be much appreciated. And Amy, we, we agree. Well, so, there you go. That's, yeah. that's justification. That is from an actual honest-to-goodness woman. So there you yes. go. So, have any has any media invaded your dreams, Kevin? And I'm not talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh! Right? Okay? I'm uh, not talking about it, because that was part of the film. I mean, I definitely, like, Alien and Shining have been in, like, nightmares that I've had in the past. Okay. Like, kind of yeah, standout, yeah. like, showcase nightmares. You know, the real ones that you, you traumatise you for years. Yeah. Well, like, honestly, I don't think movies do it as much as there's certain video games these days... I was going to touch on this, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I'm not, it's not necessarily a puzzle game, but if I play a lot of Tetris, I'll go into my mind and I'll start playing Tetris. That's or, the Tetris effect, mate. It is. It's literally the Tetris yeah. effect. Uh, Lumines does that as well. Grindstone mm-hmm. does that. Uh, the Witness does that. Minecraft does that. Anything where I'm like staring at it peacefully at my own pace. But yeah. here's here's the thing. If I'm lucky, I'll dream in Minecraft because that, generally speaking, is just walking around houses uh, I've made, which is all yeah, nice. That's quite nice. But I noticed when I dream in Lumines or in Tetris recently, my mind concocts these like unwinnable scenarios where it's and you'll never get a long piece. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's that's a nightmare. I realized like, oh, I've had a nice Tetris dream. I'd rather have no Tetris than a Tetris nightmare. I I've definitely had some lost dreams when I was really into watching Lost. I can't really remember what happened, but I. I know 
the last one had been in my dreams. I'm just and, saying but, the villain in that email that was chasing them was probably like the showrunner or like the producer or something <laughs> like Damon that. David Lindelof running after you like, I've got good ideas for this ending this I've time. I've got a big sack of extemporaneous <laughs> plot elements. <laughs> uh, but in terms of video games, I've... Right, this is embarrassing. Skate? No. Skate? Um, skate? Skate? Money's, money's too tight for skate. <laughs> When I first played the game Stardew Valley, hey! everyone recommended it to me. You love it, right? Well, here's what happened. I played it, this was a long time ago, years ago. I played it, I didn't get it, and I stopped playing it, <gasps> and I was like, I don't get what the hype is. I have, re- I have recently got back into it, and I am borderline obsessed, because Good. that is invading my dreams. I am waking up thinking, ah, I need to water my crops i'm still worried about what i need to do in the in the video game if anything it's more work and i'm stressed about work but the work is a video game look i can just say this folks and i'm not doing this meanly right but as a former addicted stardew yeah. valley player right do, 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 i just do, do, feel do, do, i need to do, 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 i'm just gonna do, do, say do. this to sam now just sure. to sh- just to prove to you at home we might be thinking about playing the game what could happen sam mm. Your pickles are ready, but you're in the mines. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you think on that? Why don't you chew on that? Huh? Oh, that hurts. <laughs> and staying in the mines too long, and knowing that you're not, you don't have time to walk home, and you're gonna. Uh, it's, it's, uh, if you've not played it, folks, it's like Animal Crossing, but stressful. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really good. It's it is. Good. It's great. It's amazing. I, yeah. I do but yeah. It. It's interesting that I think with video games, with just uh, I think the bit extra layer of input is much easier to invade well, the dreams. Than, I agree. Uh, although I will say, I saw Uncut Gems recently, and I had a very oh. tense nightmare afterwards. Oh, God, that's such a good movie, but it makes you so bloody anxious. It made me so anxious, my piss yeah. was fizzy afterwards. It was fucking not for me. It was, it, I mean, I loved it. Why am I saying it's it? It's good. Was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good film. It's it was great. bad for me, though. You know, it was like yeah. bad food for me. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun to watch, but it's good. I like, can't recommend it. No, technically, no. But I, I, but you should watch it because it's very good. Yeah, like, I think video games—they you you kind of you're in them and you you're in that world and that can then get into your dreams. And I tell you what, mate, Lost did that. Yeah, yeah. Lost was a TV show, and yet Lost the board game didn't do that. <laughs> that didn't invade your dreams. No, I, I fucking hope it doesn't because it was boring. Will Sam be dreaming of Big Jumanjini tonight? Let's find out as we go do a cinema swirl. And I'm on my knees looking for the answer. Are we Juman or are we Angie? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Jumanji. And we're back. Just had a little bit of a roll of the dice, as they say, and have exited the board game and jungle-heavy world of Jumanji with Mr. Robin Williams. Mm. And that's not the only animal around there, eh? Robins, bears, Uh, lions, and all sorts in this, uh, huh? Oh, Sam, I have to ask you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your initial gut reaction to Jumanji. Yeah. 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 Interesting now that a couple of things struck me about this, even though this is one that I'd watched 
you know, I'd watched in recent enough times. Mm. A, this is a much scarier movie than uh, I yes. had remembered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And it, it was a for me, it was a romp in the sense that a really finely tuned Ghost Train is a romp. Mm. In that there were thrills and chills. Also, as well, Robin Williams is a lot like you. This isn't Robin Williams fucking flubber bouncing off the walls, like making it up as he goes along. This is pretty much straight and narrow. He's not super zany in this is he no and oddly the most family friendly of the three robin williams movies and he was the most like i don't want to say low energy but just no there was some energy there but it was contained there was energy yeah it, it was he wasn't mm. a genie in a lamp folks or anything no. like that like no. he wasn't being aladdin if you know what i'm saying <laughs> like he was just being a normal born boy here yeah. so we open in 1869 another year the summer of love <laughs> Sam, <laughs> it was the summer of 69 yeah 69 69. Don't you remember Woodstock in 1869, where yeah. they set fire to all those harpsichords when they played the national anthem? <laughs> I bought my first real six-string. It was a lute, sure, but it was still a six-string uh, in the summer of 69, mate. And and then when whatever the equivalent of Bob Dylan was was on a lute, they were like, no, play the mandolin, boo! <laughs> There's a deep dive for you, folks. Hey, two boys in their box. Stories have started off with less. Two boys burying boxes, baby. Here we go. We're off to a good start. They are just burying this box. They're oh, burying it's, it's it. It's rubbish. Yeah. Four corners like a prick. <laughs> Shit. Wouldn't put anything Bury in there. Bury it. Drag that box. Drag yeah. it. Bur- and then we're going to burn the box next. <laughs> Smash it to fucking pieces, yeah. So that I like how kind of spooky this is, that these two lads are trying to get rid of this box. One of them almost falls into the, the hole they've dug for the box. And they, they're kind of like, what if someone digs it up? May God have mercy on his soul. And then a bit of drumming. What if Stanley Ipkiss played Jumanji? It's a you very know? similar premise. So similar! Yeah. Like, I, I swear to you, Sam, if we had not had the, this less than five episode buffer, yeah. I don't think I would have picked up or cared about this at all. But the but, start being spooky artifact from long time ago wood. has re-emerged. <laughs> wood. <laughs> Rain. <laughs> has come back and caused havoc. It's, it's kind of a similar similar vibe. We get some more similarities in a bit, like just mm. in terms of definitely the vibe. I think it is definitely a spooky affair when it opens. And I'll tell you, if you grab anyone and ask about childhood memories of Jumanji, most people will struggle to remember that it opens in 1869 yeah, with two nice. orphan whelps burying a box Quite frankly, very poorly. They do a very bad job at burying this box. Yeah, but I mean that—that's it's a good setup to the story because we establish straight away there is this box and it's bad. It's a bad box. This box is bad to the bone, baby. Bad box to the bone. <laughs> Have you ever had to bury anything? Have I had to bury anything? Because like, um, I was there watching this kind of going, that looks like a big pile of fucking mashed potatoes. It's so uneven, your, your pile there. And I was like, oh, I've actually buried maybe one thing in my life. Yeah, I don't know if I have buried anything. Have I buried... I mean, you bury things as a kid in, like, the sand or something. Or I know, maybe but you could the- you spot a bad berry job? A bad berry. Yeah, bad berry. This is the thing. You could spot a bad berry. You can't spot a good berry. You won't notice That's true. a good berry. <laughs> That's notice. what's good about a good berry. You won't notice it. There are no good berries. There are just bad berries, and you don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like one time I buried my two goldfish, salt and pepper, who I believe died quite quickly after each other, like in the way old couples will die quite quickly after each other, because it's just 
couldn't imagine life eating food without him. Almost know? romantic. And my cat Tigger literally, like within thirty minutes, had dug him up. I, I, and I mean, that was on me. I, well, I don't know. I mean, was that bad berry or was that just a, a good cat? Like a cat, he was fucking. The cat watched the service. <laughs> it's a, it's a classic case of bad berry or good cat. Yeah, I know. Which one is it? The cat watched the service. It knew I was weak emotionally. It knew I wasn't going to... I had a window to try and get it back out of its mouth, but I thought, nah. Maybe Tigger thought you were playing, like, a really complicated game of, like... (laughs) Because to to him, that would be you bringing out, like, a lovely... Like, a big box of pizza... And then, like, putting it underground and be like, see if you can figure out how to get to your dinner now. And he was probably like, right, I'm going to impress Kevin by digging this up. Nom, 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 nom. Lovely dinner. I've done a good job. I won the game. I feel for your theory to have any sort of a credence, we need to start burying some slices for, like, local cats in the area and see if anything's going to come out of this, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think maybe Tigger was trying to impress you and w- went about it the wrong way. I mean, no, I was I was impressed, though, Sam, but I was yeah. impressed in the way that... I'd watch a documentary about a serial killer and go, oh, he'd really murdered them now, didn't he? Now? Yeah. You know, in a morbid kind of impression, not mm. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so we we pan across a nice American town in the 60s where everything's okay, the whole town is friendly, the music's nice, everything's lovely. Oh, no, oh, there's bullies! There's bullies on bikes! I'm, I'm just saying, no bullies in the 1860s, there's only the hated British, that's it, like, you no. know? But in the 1960s, there's bloody bullies, mate. Oh, it's awful. Oh. This uh, movie definitely has this 90s romanticised view of 30 years prior, where mm. like, when we go into the 90s later, it's all like, oh, trash and shit and like homeless people. Yep. And now it's like, oh, it's great. You know, the bullies are thriving, free-range bullies. <laughs> like, you know, they're really big and strong they're and They're outside on their bikes getting exercise, you oh, know? Fuck, fuck bikes, you know that? Right, I'll just say it. Bikes is bullies game, isn't it? Like, bikes stay is clear bullies of that. Game. Yeah, stay clear of bikes, no bullies, yeah? Yeah, no bikes, no bullies. So, yeah, the titular character... Alan Jumanji himself. <laughs> he is he is the bully boy. And not like a bully boy like, ah, bully boy, you'd make the bulliest boy in the Bullington boy. Yes, no, it's no. just he's a boy who's been bullied. Yeah. And like most bully boys, he's just going to go cry in his dad's factory. The plight of the second generation industrialists. I love some of the bullies things that they say to him. Well, first off, some bully quotes here. Prepare to die, perish. I mean, Jesus. Whoa. Are they going to murder him? What's going on? And also, nah, he's going to his dad's factory. You're going to provide jobs for the community, (laughs) are you? (laughs) (laughs) But he he makes it just in time. He sneaks in. He leaves his bike outside. But he he gets into the the factory. I was back in the good old days as well, when you had... Proper shoes, brick and mortar shoes made in a proper building. Because kids these days, they just have filters for their feet that make them look like <laughs> different types of shoes. That's all a croc is. It's just a, it's a, and a tom as well. Those are both just filters. They're just filters. Yeah, they're not real. Now, there's a lad working in the factory called Carl, who uh, Alan bumps into, and he's invented trainers. Running shoes? Sneakers? sneakers? Or sneakers? just some, some really cool sneakers. I, d- I mean, they must have had some sport shoes in the 60s. It's kind of like Space Jam. You know those cool new shoes that you've been looking to promote in your movie? Well, yeah. take a look at this. And they hold up a phone to the shoe and they're like, what? 
Okay, what? <laughs> what? What is it? But yeah, so back in the 60s, he's inventing like cool trainers. And we also meet Alan Parrish's dad, Dad Parrish, who um, is a real kind of... He's Dad Parrish is my father. I'm Mr. <laughs> Parrish. He seems like a, you know, stuck-up jerk, distant father. Typical tuxedo dads, and tuxedo dads are the worst dads in any movie. He's head of the factory, and he's telling his son, you need to face up to those bullies. You know, go and, oh, go, no, go and get beaten up by those bullies. The bullies who are outside beating up the bike. They're, they're revving up their bikes out there. <laughs> you know, now, come on. They're smashing up his bike. So what's going to happen when he goes out there? But, go out yeah. there and be fought is like the worst advice a dad could ever give. Did your dad ever give you any, like, those bullies won't bother me now chats or advice or techniques? Well, you see, I was the bully. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to like undercut why, your why you tale of but uh, I just well, the idea of you as a bully is really interesting, like <laughs> Like I, I really could imagine you a bully in a world like where Pokemon was real or whatever, like right. you know. Yeah. Like one but, of those like kind of tech bullies who's like, you know, played a lot of Pokemon Go and therefore yeah. has all the stats, you know? I definitely didn't get any advice of like you should go and like stand up to them and get hurt. It's more, you know more sympathetic nice nice feelings from my family you weren't you weren't see my dad dangled for many years he dangled in front of me and he claimed that there were like the mahan rules and he was like you know oh maybe if you have a little bit of a bit of trouble i might teach you the mahan rules number one wink don't talk about the mahan rules (laughs) number two (laughs) but i was like the mahan rules yeah the mahan rules like and then he'd go to my brother as well he'd be like now, tell him now about the man rules, and that might, you know, if there's any sort of a... I'm not saying, like, I was in tears because of bullying, and this is what my dad said. If there was any sort of a, 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 a thought that my, I would be in a fight, this is my dad being joking about it, you see, right? right. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there were good parents in, in all the bullying respects taking care of that, right? But but he would always dangle these things, be like, oh, tell my brother, like, oh, tell him about the old the old man rules. And I finally twisted his arm and said, what the fuck are the man rules? Mm. Just tell me. And he just went... And met, gestured, poking one's eyes. Oh, okay, and, yeah. And then he went and gestured, kicking someone in the willy. And right. I was like, All right. If you got any more, he's like, no, that's that's ah. pretty much it. Like that's it's, it's like that explains your fighting style. Uh, yeah, so right. I, I'm, I'm just, it all makes sense now. Yeah. It is. My my dad actually coached a young nature boy, Ric Flair, into <laughs> uh, into wrestling prominence. Well, I just love the idea that like I think he made them up on the spot. Yeah, and he got to the point where they met, met the definition and the requirement for rules plural because there were two of them, and we stopped there. <laughs> I remember actually, my dad told me that what you need to do is just make yourself look really big, like like stretch out your coat and stuff, and then the bullies will think you're huge and run away it worked for sam in return of the king if you remember yeah exactly so that that should work on these these local lads yeah uh, and that's how sam got one back for his old gaffer in nottingham (laughs) (laughs) so carl's invented these trainers alan a little dork has left it on the conveyor belt and it goes into the thing and it gets all mushed up and it, it jams everything it delays the conveyor and as alan is sneaking away and and dad parish is like who who's done this Who's ruined the machines with a shoe? Who's altered the history of footwear, yeah? Because <laughs> I'm literally livid right now. Who's done it? Carl takes the blame, because he's a good guy. 
even though it was the dad parish's dorky son i mean he wouldn't he wouldn't have fired his son as well that's the thing you know any and, no. and he fired carl that's ridiculous yeah but yeah as soon as he's out the door immediately then boom bullies on bikes get him yeah and he no. gets yeah you gotta stay away from them bikes he gets beat up his bike gets nicked you know bullies on bikes like that mm. bully lance armstrong and he bullied everyone <laughs> into thinking that he'd won all them races hadn't he and then and people would be like hang on a second now lance so didn't you and he goes you know and they go, oh no 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 and this is the thing the people who were doping him and giving him the drugs he bullied them into giving him the drugs that's so, it and they, yeah. they were powerless to stop him it was just a campaign of bullying and the, th- the thing is, people didn't realise that his actual campaign logo wasn't Live Strong. It was Don't Suffer Fools Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> and that he, 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 no, one, no one could stop him. He was a monster. But hey, on the way back, right, Alan can hear the drums. And not the indie band from about 10 years ago. He can hear actual drumming. This kind of... Right, so the, the, tell me, did the indie band drums not yeah. have any drumming? Like, to be like, real, like, fucking... No, they had some drums in there. Like the way the police never used a siren, the cowards. They had a song that was about going surfing and Obama. So it was a great time. Oh, know, that's good, you know. Yeah. Jeez, there is a 10-year-ago statement, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know. Obama, I want to go surfing. Obama, I don't care about nothing. Let's go! God, it's like the 2012 Olympics got made into a song. It's so naive and optimistic. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, he's not hearing that. Because otherwise he'd be bopping, right? Exactly. Yeah. He, it says he hearing... just gets bopped. He gets he get, he gets boxed. Is what he does. Yeah. So he gets close to this. He's on a construction site, which he shouldn't be. No. But he, he sneaks in, unearths the box, opens it up, and Kevin, there's just sand inside. It's a sandbox. Ah, boring, boring board game. That. Oh wait a minute. There's a board game under that sand. All oh, right. Because I thought like. You know, have you ever had a game that's a lot of small little pieces? Because, mm. you know, I felt empathy when he opened the box full of sand, because that's what I feel like with a lot of my board games. It's, it's like, just, you know, it may as well be a, a beach of pieces. Yeah, bits. a beach of bits. I got, I got a board game for, my, for Christmas. Mm. Ha- half the recycling bin it was when everything was punched out. It was, it was oh, fucking geez. ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes this game. He's heard drumming, gone towards it, got the game, run away with it. And let me tell you, mate, I'm not talking about football here, but this is a beautiful game. Oh, it is. It is quite like Ludo. Mm. Not not football. Obviously, football's not like... No, you know. that's like Subutio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like Subutio, you know. You put Tommy Knowles behind a Ludo board, he wouldn't know it's arse from its elbow, like, you know. He'd be kicking it, you know, mm. setting it up for a corner shot like you know it wouldn't work at all so yeah i have looked into this Mm -hmm. there are many 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 versions it seems of the jumanji board game none of which seem to have the kind of that magic literal or figurative of the of the game well i imagine that there'd be some mass reproduced versions of it i imagine there's some more expensive reproductions of it and then there's some actual artisan etsy sold full-on carving reworking of the entire game you and know, they have project. all the rights to do that as well you know which is obviously all fine <laughs> yeah. it's grand i mean i know a couple of years ago i remember on ebay an actual prop from i don't sure if it was the one that was used or right. a backup one but one of the props from the movie was on ebay and it was like fucking 60 grand or something it yeah. was ridiculous well, it's, it's, a, it's a really good looking thing those lovely carved wooden pieces it, it, that's a good prop right there I, I, i'll tell you what prop within a prop sam i've got a lot of time for those dice yeah, good dice. Yeah, good they got dice. nice embossing there. Nice deep divots for me holes. 
<laughs> so the, the rich parents do what they do. They abandon the boy to go to their champagne cocktail high society speech dinner. The image of parents dressed up in the mum in like a, a lovely gown yeah. and the dad in a tuxedo. Off to the opera, right? Off, yeah, off to like some swanky party. That seems to persist through so much 90s media. The idea of a kid being left alone while his parents go off to some posh do. And if they get murdered, it's Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Batman. But it, do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. yeah. Like, posh parents going off to some do and that being the setup for something has happened many a time. I think what it could be, Sam, is that quite a lot of the movies that we've looked at from the mm. 90s were made by people whose parents would have been in tuxedos and going right. to, like, yeah. high-end functions, and then they got to go to film school. And oh, this is a relatable experience. Yeah. yeah. This is what yeah. everyone's done. Yeah, right? It's, it's the real, like, kind of salt-of-the-earth stuff. You know when your parents is at the opera? I'm pretty sure Kurt Cobain wrote a song about then mom and dad went to, to the, the opera, opera. <laughs> they dropped me off at my second cousin who is one of the producers for miramax believe that so the internship starting there in the summer we're gonna kick some projects around get that new kevin smith idea cooking but before they go off to their swanky do because alan was brave and got himself beaten the fuck up they're going to send him off to boarding school. Way another, another premise that we've seen many a time. In, in fairness, though, as one of the hosts of this show was sent off to boarding school... It's not me. and It was me. Yeah. I feel that that is actually quite a relatable experience. <laughs> yeah. uh, very relatable indeed, because... I did it, and I can only, I, uh, mate, I can only talk for myself, mate. You know, sure. I can only talk from my own yeah. experience. But in my own experience, where I'm only considering my experience, this is very relatable. Where's the film where Alan Parrish goes to a fucking comprehensive, mate? Yeah, where's that film? Yeah. Salt of the earth, mate. Yeah, you'd be boring. Like, oh, oh, he goes to school and like, oh, he gets bullied, and then he goes home and plays his fucking games. <laughs> like, oh, great, yeah. Well, oh, how about the real fun boarding school one when there's kids kneel on ball caps and being hit with kendo sticks and you know ghosts and shit yeah. like that? Yeah, um, yeah. Now Alan doesn't want to go, but he doesn't say like, I don't want to go to boarding school. I want to go to art school and I want to learn how to write screenplays and shit. He doesn't quite say that. But he's like... That was in the first draft of yeah. the script. Yeah. <laughs> I want to grow up to write Jumanji. He says that he doesn't want to be a parish. He doesn't want to go to... What's it called? Like, Book Green or some stupid name for the boarding school. He, I don't want to go to that place. There's a building named after me. I don't want to be like that. And they have, they have they kick off, they have a big argument. He's like, I'm never talking to you again! I hate you! You know, Dramatic. I'm pretty sure when I was told I was going to boarding school, it's like, and you would be going to that boarding school, right? Did yes. you have this moment? Not really, no. It was no. just kind of like, like, because my brother was four years ahead of me, so he went to boarding school when oh, so I would You could see it coming. I, I kind of knew it was coming, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think I'd be, you know... It'd be weirder if you didn't get sent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would have been weird, like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would have really weird. I mean, I was like, I remember being quite excited to go because, like, I was going to, you know, I was living in the middle of nowhere and I was going to live in Dublin and I was going to get to hang out with my cousin who was going to school as well. So I remember right. being quite excited about it. Yeah. It was probably more like after my first or second year where it's like, you're going back to boarding school. It was more closer to this, no! Right, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so the initial one was quite excitement and then like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the trailers had me hyped, you know? <laughs> Um, so he's packing his stuff to run away here, which is a, a fun childish image of what 
you need to run away because he packs bread, I think peanut butter and cookies. And of course, the board game Jumanji, which takes up most of the suitcase. You've never had a peanut butter and cookie sandwich. You ain't living, my friend. That's all I'm <laughs> no. saying. Uh, you ever a stage a, a runaway from home or a, a mock runaway from home, like a threatened runaway? Move any toys to, you know, close to the front door? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think the closest I've got is going to the... I, I would always just end up at the local park, the nearby park, because that was like a place I could walk to that felt like I'd gone away a bit, but was close enough to home that I could just come home again. But that was only like once or twice that I would yeah, just that's go That's more there. of a mosey, isn't it? Like, I, just, yeah. I, I just went for a walk, really, <laughs> is what happened there. I didn't run away. I walked away to the park and had a nice time in the park. And by the time I got to the park, I was like, this is nice. I'm going to go home. And, and that's how too. Sam moved in and lived in the park. Yeah. Because yeah. it's nice here, isn't it? Like, I'm a park boy. What can I say? That's who I am. <laughs> is, that, is that what the song Park Life is about? Yeah, yeah. It's... It- <laughs> It's how Sam was bathed in the fight, like, get the run out of here, sunshine, get up on that rain, oh, oh, and so many footballs. <laughs> and they all go, scoring goals, scoring lots of goals. <laughs> now, Kevin, have you ever had the girlfriend of your bully, I think, come over to return your bike? Is that who she is? Who is she? I think so. Yeah. She's, aff- she's affiliated. She's bully adjacent. Yeah. And he, what he does, smooth move here, he invites her in to play Jumanji. Oh, man, now, come on. Now, this is a smooth move that you want to be playing as the Jumanji. Or, you know, or the smooth move is you could play a bit of It's Dinner Time, because I think, you know, Joe Graham pretty much seduced me with that board game. <laughs> Sam, I wouldn't think now you'd be seducing anyone with the lost board game, would you? Like? No, no, I'd be uh, turning them away. Yeah. Baby, I can't get lost in your eyes because I'm lost in these setup rules. <laughs> <laughs> Even if there was some drumming that I could hear and you could both hear, and you're like, oh, you can hear the drumming too. Ah, what's going on here? Let's go in and play this game. Are drums the least sexy instrument? I'd say they're the most sexy instrument. I mean, if you were to have one instrument that was like randomly playing throughout the house... You know, I mean, I would think drums are the most, like, it's like someone knocking and going, yeah, you know, it's very thrashy yeah, and violent. It's, if um, it was soft ca- clarinet or a you know, something like that, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, even if it's just the same note over and over again. Hmm, that depends. <laughs> Although I take drums over wind chimes, probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. fucking wind chimes. Ah, ah. I need some fucking psychopath with wind chimes indoors. What wind are you getting indoors, mate? Near their curtains. Uh, I know, right? Yucky. Disgusting. Disgusting. uh, Listeners, I apologise. And I'm glad you... You know, on an audio podcast, I I want to avoid very unpleasant noises, but I also Mm. want to avoid describing unpleasant noises. Yeah. I mean, if you've got wind chimes at home, you know, to be fair to you, Sort it out. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you know, whatever you do in the privacy of your own home is is actually our business in this instance. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you stop know, it, stop it, please. please. Yeah, so drums are playing constantly. Yep. Have you got miniature Dave Grohl's in your house? Playing <laughs> <laughs> away there, isn't he? I, I wish. Now, Kevin, the pieces move on their own. They move on their own, mate. And Alan's like, oh, it must be magnets or something. It must be magnets, mate. You are taking away the little functionality that the game itself has. You know, hmm. I mean, they, like if, if they had Ludo and it, like you didn't need magnets, this is like when you're playing like a Final Fantasy game or something. You can let the game just play itself. You can just put it down and kind of do its own just thing. Watch it. 
I yeah, don't know. I, don't know. Yeah. I feel like as a player, I don't have very much agency in Jumanji. No, not really. You're just rolling the dice and then stuff happens. All you're doing is rolling the dice. Yeah, right. I've heard of an on-the-rail shooter. This is an on-the-rail board, board game. game. Yeah. Imagine snakes effect. and ladders if it was just snake, singular, in one direction. <laughs> Everyone just looks at a snake for about See, half an hour. If you strip away the magic bit, yeah. how much would you want to actually play the Jumanji game? Well, you just go round the squares until you get to the end. I have got... Ludo, you know, I'm yeah. just saying. Right. I, I was because I was thinking legitimately. Oh, might be a nice bit of Patreon content that you and I could play a bit of Jumanji together. Ah, I want to be I nice. Mean, yeah, kind of. It'd be fucking dreadfully boring. <laughs> should we? Just, should we just play a different board game? Yeah, we can just Jumanji. play Lost Board Game instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, that would be very indulgent, bad content. But yeah, what I we would can love do it. is we can see how many games of Jumanji we could play in the time it takes to set up <laughs> and play a, a game of of the Lost Board Game. Now, Kevin, I always want to point out a good shot in a film. A good, well, lots, lots of these shots. here. When the little message shows up, um, there's a little thing on the on the the screen i guess the kind of orb in the middle of jumanji it's nice font um, isn't it there is a, a wonderful upward facing fisheye lens shot of the two children looking down at the game and i i do appreciate a shot like that it just that it kind of stuck out but it was it, i i like it it was good yeah. i feel like that sort of thing has happened in matilda as well like the bruce bogtrot i think I, I remember some like low angle I know that as well. They did a lot of like peephole stuff in yeah. um, Matilda as well. Mm. But yeah, I liked it because you saw it from the game's perspective. It yes. made the game seem like it was yes. a, its own thing. And again, really like the mask. They do. They go to lengths to kind of be like, wink, wink. The game is a, it mm. wants these things to happen. The living thing. Yeah. But it's wood. How's that, how's, how's it possible? <laughs> and some mosquitoes are released. I think uh, yes, there is some yeah. horrible buzzy bees. Yeah, uh, because they're playing Jumanji. A game for those who seek a way to find, to leave the world behind. (laughs) (laughs) Jumanji. And then bats come out as well. I'm not going to lie, Sam. Uh, As I've grown older, I've just grown to appreciate bats as being even cuter and cuter. I love a bat. I don't mind bats. I'm not super scared of bats. We'll get to some things that I'm super scared of later. But oh, yeah. I'm not scared of bats. Yeah, bats are cute. Uh, have I told the story about the flock of bats in this podcast? I don't know if you have. So I was in China and uh, I was doing moon bear research. Mm-hmm. And we used to hang out on top of the bear nursery at the end of a long day and watch the bears. And me and some of the volunteers who were there, who were uh, working on the, the, the this place, were all hanging out and someone pointed out into the sky as the beautiful sun was setting. Go, look, look at that lovely flock of birds. And mm. I just turned to them and I, because I could see, it was not that far away. I said, oh, no, those aren't birds. Those are bats. And the person very calmly put down their drink and went, and ran away. And the idea yeah. of bats hanging out together was like. <laughs> so repulsive. <laughs> I mean, a bat on its own. Okay, that's spooky. A gang of bats? That's, ah, ah. I mean, I just say anyone who's scared of bats, just look up a picture of a fruit bat eating a fruit. And it's, I mean, seriously now. Thank you. I mean, I've not seen anything demolish a mango since me and I last <laughs> had a mango. You know, it's, it's very relatable content. In the jungle, you must wait until the dice reads five or eight. Oh boy, did what I thought was going to happen, happen. What did you think was going to happen, happen? Some bad CGI of Alan getting sucked in. Now, it's not we, that bad. Oh no, but, this is bad CGI though in the way that it's like... 
dark CGI. It's, it's yeah. like, this is the bit I think a lot of people have said gives them nightmares. It's scary. It is, and it's odd that for me as a kid, I don't have like traumatic memories of Jumanji. I have traumatic memories of the mask. But this bit, and when he puts the mask on, very similar energy. The distorted, yeah. kind of slightly bad, but janky and still scary and weird. I think anything kind of sucking your body into something and your, yeah. your whole face and your body coming away from itself and kind of disintegrating into something else is, is very yucky. I mean, obviously this is not something that maybe the younger kids might get or even some of our older listeners would get because this is very much like a 90s kid experience. You don't know yeah. like what it's like. All these movies are played off of your fear as a child in the 90s of things that sucked because if something sucked, that was like the worst. Yes. And so if you suck, that's almost as worse as bites or being bogus. You know I'm what I'm tr- saying? I'm trying to think of a contemporary example of that kind of being sucked into something. I've realised that in Super Mario Odyssey, the Cappy situation, where Mario throws his cap on something and then he gets absorbed into the thing. The first time that happens, it's to a frog. And you actually see the process of him going into the frog. And Mario's and like, the frog. <laughs> it's actually horrific. And the idea that he goes through that every time he does Cappy is, is quite horrible. Yeah, but the kids who are playing that sound, they don't, these days they're not scared of it because like something sucking like that isn't scary to them. However, if Mario went up and said, sorry, you can't have anything like, extra, and they'd be like, oh, that's, cause that's, that's what we like, isn't it? <laughs> and so Alan's sucked in. He's sucked into the game. He's stuck in there. And Sarah, the girl, runs away because she's been chased by bats. And, uh, which is understandable. I, I get it. I understand, like, running away from bats out of the fireplace. And I will say as well, I point out, no one had gotten sucked into a game or anything in China. That was just the bats no. on their own, like, you know, unfeathered. Yes. And it's 26 years later, mate. Hey, it's the 90s. Oh, give me that crystal Pepsi. I'm doing the Macarena in the house over here. <laughs> so a woman and her dead brother's children so it's an auntie and some kids are moving into the old the old the old abandoned parish house yeah it's been abandoned for 26 years (laughs) 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 and it's kirsten dunst is one of the children yeah have she been in a swirl before i can't remember i don't think so i'm a big fan of kirsten dunst have you seen any of the fargo tv series I watched some of the first series. She's in the watched. second series, and she's, she's very fucking good. great. And I've heard really good things about Becoming a God in Central Florida, that new show of hers. That's awesome. Oh, It'd be very okay. good. Yeah. It's about stand-up, good title. I think. Very good. Very yeah. good title. I love Kirsten Dunst. She's so much more than the worst Mary Jane Watson. Yes, I would say that she is. And I mean, in this, her gimmick is kind of slightly snarky, a bit sarcastic, plays pranks kind of teen. She's uh, got a bit sorry, of the she's tune. a liar. Yeah, she lies. That's Fucking her thing. She likes your to lie. Soul. <laughs> She's uh, responding to the understandable trauma by lying for fun. Yeah. It's horrible. Recut Henry Rollins' video liar with this little girl, you know. I don't know why I need to lie and cause you so much pain. <laughs> Bad so- girl. And they're all hurtful lies. Like, yeah, my mom and dad died in a different way. No! <laughs> Stop weaponizing your grief for pranks. <laughs> um- now, the kids think they hear some... Well, they all hear some scary rattling upstairs. And one of the... the there's a little boy who doesn't talk. He thinks he sees a, a bat. Is, is all rattling scary in your estimation? All rattling. 
Mm. I, if you don't have a hamster, then yes. Yeah, oh, that's very true. Yeah, if you had a yeah. hamster, you, you, or a gerbil, you know, one of those yeah, things. You live that rattle life. It's that rattle life, definitely. Yeah. But if you don't have some sort of rodent in the house, deliberately. I will say, actually, any budding podcasters out there, there's yeah. no room for a small rodent in your life. I've tried to podcast in those rooms. Very no, difficult. Don't do that. Yeah. Silly. So, <laughs> kid thinks he sees a bat. They get an exterminator man. And the exterminator man is like, African bats? We ain't never seen none of those around here. There's no African bat. Someone said 26 years ago they saw an African bat. We ain't seen no African bat What a fucking here. memory on this lad, huh? Yeah. They talk about the bats. He's like, 26 years ago there was a thing with some bats. But he doesn't put two and two together and think, mm, maybe... Maybe these bats are the same bats, but he's an exterminator. He he knows there's no bats around here. Yeah, he's an exterminator, which means that he's got a little bit of you know banter with the uh, you know with the kids and all that. He's like, hey, did you hear they killed their child in here, chopped up his little body into twenty six bits for every year he's been missing? <laughs> no, yeah, it's a fun thing to say to little kids, isn't it? And this is before you know Netflix docuseries would you know desensitize kids to murder yeah this is when it was the job of the groundskeepers yeah. and the, the the repo men and all those lads that was you making in. a murderer back in those days mate you'd have to talk to someone <laughs> and they'd tell you about it yeah you, well it would say you have to talk to someone these types of people usually they will talk to, to you they will talk to you you yeah. needed to have an adult who had no sense of boundaries to grab you and declare something to you like yeah so Kevin, if you if you were buying a house yeah and it became apparent that a, ch- a child had been murdered in the house, but mm. that meant there was a significant discount on the house. W- uh, would you buy the house? Because I would buy the house, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I actually... Joe and I have talked about this a lot, about, like, murder houses and stuff like that, because that's, like, a trope that comes up in things all the time, where it's like, can you believe we got this house for X, Y, and Z? It's like, yeah, well, X, Y, and Z happened here. Honestly, I'm more concerned about the smell of any crimes as opposed to the nature or the Mm. morality of any of the crimes. Oh, yeah, as long as there's no remnants of the crime. What's done is done, provided what's done doesn't continue to smell, because that's not something that's done, that's something that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, if the the murdered child has been removed from the house... Oh, no, 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 don't don't be saying that now. I'm talking all 26 pieces that this man was on about. Every last scrap of them, gone. He's gone, yeah. You know? Fine. You know? And a good hoovering as well. Mm. I wouldn't mind living in a crime scene. As long as it's not an active crime scene. How about if it was a famous crime, though, where then you have people who, like, listen to podcasts going, oh, I heard in Cinema Swirl there was a movie here once or something like that, you know? Right, yeah. So, like, you'd get weird crime tourists coming to look at your house. Uh, Mm. I mean, that depends on how big the discount was, you know? So, as it stands right now, the Cinema Swirl criteria... I just want to have a house. (laughs) The Cinema Swirl criteria... This is why millennials will never own houses. Oh, you won't buy a murder house that smells. (laughs) Oh, you won't buy a murder house that has some of the murder victim left in it that also still smells. This, that... Oh, if people come to have a look afterwards, they're just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been spending too much of my money on avocados. That's the problem. You know? Well, I think it's my avocado toast amiibo that just tipped, you know, the scales forever <laughs> for me, you know, in my generation. I'm sorry, I've dragged you all down with me. That would be cute, though, an avocado toast amiibo. It would, a wouldn't it, though? That. Yeah, a piece of avocado toast. So, they have to head back up to the attic. They get, they find the game because they hear the drumming. Go, open the game. They play a bit of Jumanji. And when the pieces move on their own, 
Kirsten Dunst thinks it's microchips or something rather than magnets because it's the 90s now and you had microchips in things. It's the 90s. It's either microchips or slime. One or the other. Yeah, that's a cute touch. And the game summons like mosquitoes. And then we get a kitchen. Yeah, a kitchen full of the CGI monkeys. Mm. And I said something about like, oh, I don't think this film has a reputation for bad CGI. And I don't think it does. But those monkeys... Just the monkeys. Just, they're fucking, they're so weird. They're like, they're they're off. They're 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 quite unlike any monkey I've ever seen. They don't look like monkeys, but they're fucking terrifying. And it's it's like they're told, like, look, you can either have another layer of fur or we can make the eyes more intense. And they're like, look, if we could just make it seem Uh. like it's a ghost that lives in the eyes and mouth and you kind of fill in some vague 3D model around that, that's fine. They're literal fucking demons. They're like Ani or something. They're horrible. They're so horrible. And they keep cropping up throughout the whole fucking movie. And I I hate every time it happens. Because every time, you know, the the monkeys are there for the fucking money shot. The monkeys are there for the trailer. So every time the monkeys get on screen, you're right up there in their fucking faces, man. Uh, No, I don't like that at all. No. It's the point of this game, as far as I can tell. You go go on the squares, and every time you go on a square, something fucking terrible happens. And that's the whole game. Yes. And I always thought it was like, if you solve the, the riddle, that it's like, you did it, you solved the riddle, so. You don't have to... No, what is is you solve the riddle and you correctly identify what is about to come and get you. Yeah. You don't solve the riddle, it comes and gets you. <laughs> so either way, you lose. It is... You know what? And I will say, again, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. The mm. Ludo comparisons are strong because in Ludo, you roll the dice, you yeah. either... It's, yeah, that's it. You just do it. You know? Yeah. The consequences are going to happen whether or not you perceive them. You know? Right. You just, yeah, yeah. You just input the fucking data and move. I'm just saying, I can see why this game was like made once and there's one copy of it and it's never been mass produced. Like, if you went on Dragon's Den and pitched this, they'd be like, well, what the fuck is... It's, this sounds awful. Every time you land on a square, something bad happens to you. I like as well, like, how Hollywood has used this kind of game in... Like, in, in the new Jumanji, it's, it mm. turns into a video game because kids don't like board games. Right. But I like the idea that from 1869 to, like, 1995, that it's totally cool. Like, yeah, kids yeah. still love... Kids love board games and wooden trains. Shut up. <laughs> Hey, guess who pops out of this bloody board game? Uh, is it only a lion? Uh, yes, it's the... Because <laughs> we, we did a, a lion swirl vote. And it wasn't even a Christian lion from Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. So, you know, whatever. This is a lion, sure. But there's also... Robin Williams hey! in his kind of jungle man gear. Uh, he loses points for the carapace headpiece straight away. Like, <laughs> what endangered thing do you have to kill for that, Robin, huh? Yeah. Nah. This is very strange because he's a, a little kid who's grown up into an actual adult man, but he's back in his old house. Not to be confused bike. with the movie Jack, where he plays a kid that grows four times faster than a normal man, so he's a man when he's a boy. No, and this isn't like Big either, where he suddenly becomes old. Yeah. Yeah. That's just different. That's just that's, that's just skipping, like you know. Yeah, this is like he he's he's had all those years. He has lived all of those twenty six years. Very hairy. Very, very hairy. hairy. Yeah. Very hairy. He's the hairiest man I've ever seen, and I've seen myself. Like, and that's you know that's pretty much my benchmark right there, folks. You know. So you have this um, this scary hairy man who's emerged, and these children. Um, he, Help! He says, it's the scary hairy man. <laughs> He says, somebody roll a five or an eight. And the children are like, yeah, we did. And Robin Williams, as Alan, runs laughing at these children, who are quite rightly 
fucking terrified. Yes, and this is the most kind of exuberance you get from Robin. Now, I don't yeah. know if you you know about his penchant for improv and like doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Like, do yeah, you know yeah. about like Aladdin stuff like that? How a lot of that was just completely off the cuff, and like no. the animation was actually tailored around his performance and what he would do because he's just this box of infinite fucking improv. But I knew he had a reputation for bouncing ideas around improv and just coming up with stuff off the cuff. Yeah, and, and this movie, he was actually not the first choice. Like, loads of people were attached to this, including Tom Hanks and even Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, the one and only. Oh, Could Tom you- Hanks Jumanji would have been good. But it'd be a bit similar to Big. Tom Hanks Jumanji and Schwarzenegger Jumanji would be such different movies yeah. to each other and this. But good movies to watch. I so, would watch all of those Jumanji. I'd watch all of those, absolutely. Yeah. I'd watch the shit out of those. Mm. But apparently they were hesitant about having Robin Williams because the director had a very... This is based on a book and he had a very definitive right. idea of what he wanted to be. So he was basically hired under the kind of proviso that he would not do no improv improv so he did i think he did a little bit later when he has some of his scenes with sarah when she's an adult yeah he improved a bit of that as far as i know but whereas here where you know he just comes in he hugs them but if this was him up to his own devices he would have been like somebody stop me (laughs) and he would have been running around he's very much on script here for the for the most part yeah and so this it starts off a bit like loud and zany and then immediately i got super fucking sad because he's shouting for his mum and dad. And like, oh, and he's asking his kids, like, oh, where's mum? Is dad at the factactory? Where, where? He just ah. acknowledged the decline of American industry. Oh, oh God. It's, no. It's je- and, and he sells that very well, the emotion of that. Of him being an adult, but also a little kid. And suddenly having this overwhelming realisation that his mum and dad are not there. Yeah, the, this is only into the first third of the movie, I think. Yeah. And they hit you. It's like fucking little kid gets trapped. Kids whose parents died in a tragic accident. Fucking miserable bullying shit. And then like it's someone hard. comes out only to have this emotional breakdown when they realise they've lost 30 years of their life. Ah! There's not even any monsters yet. <laughs> it's been a fucking lion and some monkeys. <laughs> To, to to change tack a little bit, we do get the what year is it from the memes when you know when something happens and it's you know like a new a, a new Pokemon is out and there's an album from a band from a long time ago like what year what year is it oh is it and he's Robin Williams is it what year is it and it's Robin Williams with a beard going what year is it you know what I genuinely never seen that meme online I no? think because no. any instance of what year is it that I need was usually filled in from a Twin Peaks gif instead right sure yeah. or the other might be we move in different circles mate yeah, yeah. that's it the other ones would be like, what day is it it's Wednesdays brackets Wednesdays is where pink you know yeah, yeah. And that, right. that's another one as well but yeah different circles that's all oh, it okay. is yeah. that's all it is um, but the, the police officer in the local area is Carl from hey. the factory Mr. Trainers himself the soul man so before you judge that mean old cop on the street yeah tur- turns out he could have been a disgruntled shoe inventor <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> So th- think on that before you have your prejudices. Yeah, if you're if you're about to like just get your brush and you just tar all the police in the Kylie Jenner Pepsi ads, you tar all them with the same brush. One but, of them might have invented trainers. Yeah, right. Yeah, or even a new contouring technique. You don't know. Kylie put no. the the flower in the gun that she chose to do. That was her decision. You know. 
the mon- those monkeys steal a police car. The jacket, Sam. As they're still scary. And Alan gets overwhelmed by the poor economy. This movie is uh, is a little bit. This is too much sadness for kids. I think there's a lot, lot of sadness. Mid nineties, and you had like the. Have you seen the Land Before Time? No. There's there's like a lot of like movies for kids where it's like you know what? If we can't make them laugh, we'll make them cry. <laughs> so he goes to the old factory and finds out that it's, it's in ruin and the you know the economy's gone to shit because his dad left the business and put all of his money and time into trying to find his son. <laughs> But but Alan had that relationship with his dad where he didn't feel like his dad gave him the love that he wanted, but he finds out post his dad's death that his dad did love him. But he didn't realise. Stop! And, oh, Kevin, little detail from the tombstones. They only died about four years before he came back. Hey, now! Which is just, that's that's brutal. Like, if if they've, oh, God, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, this so is the closest I've come to crying on an episode of Cinema Swirl. Like, this is yeah. fucking. This is not good. This is sad. And Kirsten Dunst consoling him by like being, "Hey, our parents are dead too. We're all in this together." <laughs> but don't worry, because everyone in the town is dying of tropical diseases and rashes, and bugs are attacking. And hey, have you ever been scared of a bee hovering outside your car? Well, you're going to be thinking about this for the next couple of years. Don't worry, this bee can't get us. Oh, it can, because this fucking ass is made of knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scary, big, strong mosquito insect thing trying to get in oh don't worry someone's gonna try and drive a car who's literally never driven a car before is this movie design is this uncut gems what the (laughs) fuck is this (laughs) oh look someone's gonna come with a big brush and start sweeping up gravel on a wet pavement you know i would watch an adam sandler jumanji as well (laughs) i'd watch a fucking adam sandler jumanji well someone rolling aid over here (laughs) come on I'm begging you! Or a five, Eva! <laughs> Where was that in the Jack and Jill episode? <laughs> I, I enjoy the, the, the kind of japes of he's an adult, but he's still a kid because he, he can't drive. Not saying that if you if you can't drive, you're not an adult, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, he he's missed out on a bunch of stuff that ordinarily he would have known about. But they sort of manage to drive and get away from the mosquitoes for a bit, at least. Yeah, they do, and Alan has a haircut, and this is the point in the movie where, if you're into that sort of thing, he's much less sexy now. I'm just saying, he goes from sexy, hairy, wild man to... Robin Williams. Just another (laughs) Robin Williams geek on the street, like, you know? I mean, they they slag him off for, like, cutting himself while shaving. He's done a better job of shaving than I mostly do. Yeah, he looks also fine as well, the next he, scene. he manages to like heal his cuts within like 10 seconds because he turns around to them after he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to make fun of you. And then it's like, his face is fine. It's okay. Yeah, and one time I had like, I had one of those beards where I had previously shaven off my beard and I was mm. not at maximum full beard capacity. So I had what's known as kind of like a no one can see me in public beard as it was growing in. Right. If you're going to grow in any facial hair, just stay at home for a few weeks, okay? You know, sure. don't don't anyone see you. It's it's not it's not good for anyone. <laughs> but I decided because I was invited to like, an, my uncle was having like a nice barbecue in a garden party and I thought, oh well, I can't show up looking like this. So very quickly I decided to try and shave beforehand. Yeah. And it was a rush job, and I cut myself equivalently as badly as Alan did, and my face would not stop bleeding 
all oh, evening. I had oh. to keep going to the back. It just it wouldn't stop bleeding. Like it just bleed, oh, no. bleed, bleed. So yeah, Hollywood. How about some representation for those of us who cut our faces by accident? Uh, yeah. Now the kids have realised that they need help to play this game, right? Yeah. They need Alan to play it with them. Fun! Let's play the game together. Come on, Alan. But he doesn't want to do it because he's quite rightly traumatised by the fact that he got sucked into that game for 26 years. But I'll tell you what undoes all of that stuff. A bit of reverse psychology, mate. Boom. Oh, are you uh, too chicken to play? Like, are, are you a, a ca- I guess we, I guess we don't need you anymore, mate. I love that. Like twenty six years in a hypothetical jungle world does mm. not in any way sharpen the senses to the point where you might be immune or a little bit less susceptible to reverse psychology. To children's trickery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, man. Those fucking wild animals in the jungle had nothing on this crafty kid. Like. He, he comes back. He's gonna play it with them. Oh no, Sam! Hang on. You forgot though. There was a really fun line from Robin Williams here. Oh God. Yeah. Ugh. You don't even know what afraid is. You won't last five minutes without me. Ah, I use laughter to encourage my students. (laughs) (laughs) And if we did patch Adams, we'd all be having a good time, but you'd be all fucking moaning about it. So here we are. Now, they need the original players to complete the game uh, because they're still playing the first game. They're on their original save file. Sarah! And it's not... It's not Alan's turn, so they have to go and get Sarah. And there's a twist as well, Sam, mm. that Sarah's a fully grown woman now. Yeah, I mean, but th- but this is at least there's not some kind of imbalance here where like he's a little boy and she's a fully grown woman, or she's a little kid and he's a fully grown man. Yeah, take, take like note, Tom Hanks. This is how you do this, yeah. like you know, with consenting adults, <laughs> with the mind of a child, technically because of well, isolation. Yeah, but he, but he did grow up, mate. So. It, I don't know. I, look, I'm not a moral philosopher here. I'm not going to say whether this is okay or not. And that's I think why you're it, not it's big fine. and you never will be. <laughs> and I like as well here where he's like, 25 years ago, you played a game with me. A game with drums. I'm like, the Ringo Star board game? <laughs> yeah. I want to play the Ringo Star board game. And it could be like one of those legacy board games, like I was telling you, where each one is a new thing and you open it up and it's like, peace and love. Now I will no longer sign autographs ever again. <laughs> and you just put the game away because yeah. Ringo Star is not playing anymore. I've simply too much to do. Did you hear about Ringo Star's grandson and like one of the Gallagher's sons from Oasis? No? They only got in a bloody scrap in a Tesco, mate. Did they? They did. Oh, that's weird. Because, like, the Gallagher's love the Beatles, though, don't they? So you wouldn't don't want they your, ever, like... your son beating up Ringo Starr's grandson. Ugh. It's disrespectful as well. It's like... mad right there. Alan's still got a flair for the dramatic. I don't know if he ever did. But the whole, like, you played a game with the little boy down the street. And I know that because that little boy is me. And she faints. So, look, right. The thing with Sarah, well, this film is just a cavalcade of upsetting things. Yeah, and we're, we're about to reach the kind of the part of the movie that I can refer to as upsetting set piece orama. It basically becomes <sighs> Uncharted Drake's Fortune, but with sad things and distressing things. <laughs> yeah, like she's deeply traumatized by what happened when she was a child. And this is laid on pretty thick by the, the script in the film here. Yeah. Like, and some great performance here. Of someone who is genuinely traumatised and upset and terrified of this game and the whole idea of it and what happened when she was a child. She's you know been in therapy for many hours. Vibes yeah. of from a previous swirl. Sure. Gremlins, you know, that it was kind of 
very much dealing with like grief and shit yeah. like that. Really yeah, yeah. head on and like, a, hey kids, let's talk about death, you know, and shit like that. And uh, it, it seems to be a bit of a trend in some of these movies. When they reveal the game that they still have it, and she she freaks the fuck out, and that felt like really genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this is a lot. This is a lot of stuff happening here. So, here are some highlights of this set piece orama. Yeah. We get vines which give way to triffids, which yeah. is terrible. Well, the vines are where like the the game just keeps playing about 6 seconds over and over again, doesn't it? And it, it just keeps keeps doing it. That. <laughs> Look, so sometimes you just got you just got to try, and you just got to see if it works, and so it doesn't, mate. You just got to reach for the stuff. Mate, you're, mate right? you're putting yourself out there, mate. That's it, yeah? That's what you I'm know? doing. At the That's end of it. the day, it is what it is, all right? You know what's really weird is that even with TikTok coming back, I, it feels like the ground isn't still ready yet for jokes about Vine. Like, it's too, not too soon, man. It's no. 2012, right. guys. we got to move on, like, you know? <laughs> the, uh, harvest time. Slice. Robin Williams slicing a vine with the, the axe or a sword or something. Yeah, he, he kind of you knows he becomes like kind of renewed with vigour once he's around Sarah again, because he, he, almost like he wants to show off a little he's bit. He's still trying to impress her. Yeah, he's yeah. much more heroic and trying to like stand up and save everyone. And mm. obviously, the best bit in the movie, and this is funny because you're a fan of the show Nirvana the Band's The Show, Yes, and they use this bit quite liberally in one of their episodes, and this is great. It's another bit now that you'll just stand better. Yeah, okay. Van Pelt's the hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get what was going on there. I don't understand, but now I do. There you go. Yeah. And do you notice who Van Pelt the Hunter is? It's very clearly Alan's dad. Now, I didn't get that, like, the first four times I watched the movie. <laughs> no, as a kid, I didn't get oh. it. Oh, come on, what the hell? I mean, there's definitely some subtext going on there, the idea that this is, like, the villain is his dad. The upper class all look the same, mate, yeah? <laughs> they all love fucking hunting. <laughs> they do, they love fucking hunting. Yeah. They absolutely love it. And his name, Van Pelt, oh, come on now. And he yeah. fucks yeah. this town up so he does he does yeah he's he's, he's properly shooting at alan and he's running away he's managed to escape but carl hears the gunfire i mean it's all, it's all kicking off in this very yeah, short space of time stampede is happening as well and i think for a cavalcade of cg animals running through broad daylight yeah it had aged much better than i would have thought it it did i think the only bits where it does again it was the monkeys they looked monkeys. a bit weird yeah you know but other than that i thought this looked fucking boss you know There's, the cgi rhinos and elephants are great the vines were pretty cool uh, there's a pelican which is fine yeah the uh, pelican ni- yeah. Uh, the big gull it nicks that game you fucking bollocks yeah that's uh, something I want to establish quickly is that a- Alan is actually kind of angry at Sarah for abandoning him in the game for so long and there's the, it, it, it does get very serious here the idea that these are two people who have had different types of traumatic experiences and that he's taking it out on her, and it's a bit, it's a bit weird. So their relationship is is kind of d- difficult now. It is, yeah. It's a lot more yeah. complex, I think, mm. than you know, because we've watched a lot of romps on Cinema Swirl. Yes, and I think if you compare, like, to call this a romp, I think is almost. You know, we just did Bill and Ted, and there yeah. was no layers of complaint. I mean, there was you know relationships and all that, and, and and effects on people. But yeah, like two people who are traumatized very differently by the same event. It's fucking deep, man. I feel like it goes quite deep into it. Yeah, um, so surprisingly, hey, what country are we in for this film? 
Where's it set? This is the United States of USA, motherfucker. And I shall tell you for why, because Van Pelt can wander into a gun shop and get a ridiculous weapon, like a sniper rifle, a massive, super snipey, scopey rifle, without filling any any forms, because he's got lots of gold. Did so, I ever tell you about when I was in America and, like, I was offered guns? Very, yeah. very like, literally straight up. I went to WrestleMania, like, ten years ago, and it was right. in Texas. In Texas, mate, you know, you know when you're in a restaurant and they have like mints and stuff on the way yeah. out that you can yeah, just yeah. dip your hand. They have that with guns in Texas, mate. You can just <laughs> you, there's just guns everywhere. No, I, well, I think you're mixing up with take a gun, leave a gun that they have. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I I went to this like they did like a signing of wrestlers who weren't going to be at the big WWE show. So all the other right. kind of wrestlers are banding together to have their own little kind of like independent show. And this is kind of before there were a lot of these types of shows. So mm. it was all in one place. Big long queue to get in. And the queue in the convention center went by another convention center where the high caliber gun and knife show was taking place. Right. And I queued up there three separate days to do to go to three separate events. And I had to queue past that gun show. And every single time, a different man in a denim shirt asked me if I wanted to come in. And I said, I can't come in. And I, even if I could come in, I couldn't buy any guns or do mm. anything that you want me to because I'm not a US citizen. And the guy... All three of them said, don't worry about it, we can do it under the table, in words to that effect. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm going to do Like, pop on the fucking airplane in the notoriously lax American airports with a couple of fucking guns swinging around like Yosemite Sam? Like, seriously. Hell. It's like, yeah. I don't even think they realize how easy it is to get guns over there. No. Oh, did you catch the biting 90s social commentary here? No. The one question they ask him for his background check, you're not a postie, are you? Oh, yeah, because of the... Yeah, no, I I don't know if you know do you know what that's all about like the posty going postal because this showed up on a on another thing that i was reviewing for i think the attitude era podcast recently i know i just know the phrase going postal i think a postal worker went uh, berserk with a gun so i think in the 90s and the yeah. late 80s there was something like 40 or 50 independent instances of like workplace violence some cases of like people being shot and killed you know right. and this is this is like kind of a, a thing that was kicked around as a bit of like a comedy fo- of political commentary football that like oh you're gonna go postal like the postal workers because 40 or 50 of them independently either attacked or killed co-workers or, or members oh. of the public and it's like it's, I think it, people don't use that phrase as much anymore because no. I think the idea of like mass shootings being used as kind of a punchline. I mean, they weren't mass shootings, I guess, the going postal thing, but it's like shootings of any sort. Times this have seems changed. very flippant to show up in like what is essentially meant to be a family movie, albeit a dark yeah. as fuck one. Like. They're going to fight this dirty gull now, Sam. <laughs> yes, the- <laughs> give him your chips. No, you give him your own fucking chips. <laughs> it's been dropped down the Whitewater Rapids, mate. It's, it's going all <laughs> down there. Get um, these rubber dinghies, quick! <laughs> but Peter, the heroic little boy, he hangs down from a branch to rescue Jumanji, which is nice. Good, good on him. Good work, little boy. Have you noticed with the little boy, and uh, to a lesser extent, Kirsten Dunst, I think it's probably the fact that Kirsten Dunst goes on to be an incredibly successful actor in her own right. Mm. But did you feel like little boy was like a, one of the cards they barely pulled out of the deck in this movie? They barely use this little boy at all i mean he had the gimmick that he didn't talk much is that what the, the gimmick that they throw in and it's the gimmick where let's take two really good adult co-stars to fucking because it feels like alan and sarah are doing like so much of the action the and usually work. in these yeah. family movies the kids are doing most of the stuff and the parents are like whoa what are you kids doing this is the robert williams show here yeah i see what you're saying he gets a bit of stuff later on but he doesn't really well he does some things yeah, but he yeah cheats, I, know, I know what you're saying 
cheat. Yeah. He, well, yeah, he, he does cheat. Mate, what would happen if you cheated in the last board game, yeah? <laughs> you might have fun. The, the magic gravitational fields will go back in time. Yeah, so uh, Alan nearly gets assassinated by, by Van Pelt with a sniper rifle, and he's got taken in and arrested for questioning by Carl. That all happens uh, after Reveals the Reveals he's the sneaker man to him as well, so... Yeah, but little boy Peter tried to be a cheater, and so now he's got monkey hands. That'll learn him. Yeah, he becomes like, is he a monkey boy or a wolf boy? I can't tell. I still don't know. I mean, I've often been compared to Teen Wolf, if that kind of... Yeah. That helps, though. Maybe he's a boy wolf, a wolf boy. He just gets all, you know, hairy. He's not to be confused with the boy who cried wolf. He's the boy who... Who is wolf. Who is wolf. And that's not to be confused with wolf from Gladiators. No, also is wolf. Or wolf's boy wolf. You know, you don't want (laughs) to mix those guys up either. No. A couple of things I thought here were, one, where is the auntie of these kids? Is all of this happening during one day? It is all happening during one day. This is one day's events, isn't it? I mean, this all all happened one day. Also as well, we didn't point out that Lilith Crane was busy. Busy renovating a big house, and that's going to be her pretty much booked solid. So sorry, right. kids. Yeah, the town is in chaos. This is a festival of calamities. Monkey with a gun. Van Pelt's Nick Jumanji. The monkey boy bites his leg. Kirsten Dunst scans him with a checkout scanner, and it says no sale. I like that. I like, a lot. That. I like any sort of a showdown in the mall. We got a mall showdown in Bill and Ted as well. It's it's very nineties, and I do like as well. That Kirsten Dunst, true to form of the Nickelodeon generation, used the bright green slime as well on Von Pelt. I thought that was uh, yeah, a yeah. nice touch. Now, like, if you are, you know, a kid from the modern era, I'm talking about the millennium generation, mm-hmm. you know? You would be, you'd be familiar with slime, but what you have is mindful slime. Yeah. Slime to relax, slime that's sparkly and soothing, and slime to help you unwind. What we had in the 90s was slime! Yeah, or like... Gack! Yeah, it, gunk. It, it was the dumping of it. It was the stretching of it. It was whether it looked gross or smelly or like sick or boogers. Or could someone slip on it and hurt their back? You know, that yeah. was what the 90s was about. Well, Lumbar we, we, pain. We get some good 90s family movie booby trapping here. Yes. He, slip, he slips on some, some gack. No ball bearings to hand, I guess, but gack is a fine in a pinch. Something powered by gas canisters is good. A canoe... <laughs> Going into him. That's great. And yeah, Alan has been freed by Carl and has in turn handcuffed Carl to the car. Switcheroo, baby. There's monkeys on a police bike. I know, I know. It's serious. One of the funniest bits in the movie is this bit that comes up here where the aunt is in the car listening to her affirmations. Yep. And the funniest thing, I don't know why this made me laugh so much, and I've watched this movie a bunch and it only made me laugh this time, her mouthing along with the end of her affirmation tape was really funny to me. Uh. The idea that you've listened to a self-help tape so many times that you have memorized it, like, like, Kind of that, sing along. It's not helping at that point. <laughs> and then she sees the big old stampede. And, and a monkey in a motor, mate, as well. It's, yeah, it's it's all mad. And there's a cute little rhino lagging behind. I was like, oh, little, little rhino. Poor rhino. Now, little boy Peter, he's all monkeyed up. Oh, and Alan's crashed into the mall. Van Pelt's covered in paint. I'm hey, sure we'll, we'll never see him again. Everything's okay. Crash the mall. The little boy... He's crying. He's kind of whimpering and crying. Oh, why is it? Because they've done Pretty Woman, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Look, no, come on, mate. We can't... Um... (laughs) (laughs) As as they say in Brooklyn, forget about it. (laughs) 
the little boy's crying, and Alan. This is more br- brutal, sad stuff. Oh, Just this the kind is of, so fucking horrible. The, the don't cry, face it like a man kind of stuff. Be, uh. And then he's like, huh, I was away from my father for 26 years in the jungle and still I became an asshole like him. Oh, and for then, fuck's sake, Robin, enough yeah. inner anguish. This is too much now. It, it's hard. It's but so he, horrible. And the kid was actually crying because he'd grown a tail and he needed a, a hole ripping in his jeans butt to let the tail out. Is there ever been a movie we've watched that has tag-teamed or dual-wielded like actual honest-to-goodness like, ah, spiders, ah, bugs, ah, scary monkeys like that type of scare with existential, you'll become the things you hate about your father being abandoned by your parents <laughs> yeah, I, traumatizing someone you love, like all these like very different strands of scary it's like, is one of those no. things where if you're a kid, this is it's a family movie because if you're a kid, you can get traumatized by the scary monsters, and if you're an adult, you can get traumatized by the deep psychological yeah. stuff that's going on in this film. Yeah, this it, is like it, a know. Pixar movie when they go, oh, and there's jokes for mum and dad as well. Except yeah. oh, there's bits for mum and dad to be traumatized. And Everyone sad will get about. upset by this. It's great. No, it's very yeah. smart writing because there's a few bits the kids weren't traumatized for, but mum was crying. <laughs> so you know, no, it was very, very good actually. Yeah. Oh God. Um, <laughs> there's a point here where vines are stealing carl's car and they're in the house they're playing it again they cause a monsoon inside the house and i think i got some sort of calamity fatigue i think oh did you hit peak fatigue because the last like stretch here now yeah when once that storm starts it's Mm. non-stop chaos like it's one set piece that's constantly flowing i feel like this film is for at least two thirds of it constant anxious calamity everything's going wrong it's there, a maelstrom Sam there's a crocodile or an alligator I can't remember which one oh, Alan will I later tell me I have a story about the crocodile yeah sure it's a crocodile actually no it's not an alligator as well he, okay. he correctly points out that the webbing if it looks more like a dinosaur it's probably a crocodile and you can huh. tell it's a gharial if it's got a boss on its nose it's a crocodile right but what it is is it's a man in a suit but Robin Williams when he was filming this bit didn't realise that it was a man in a suit he thought oh. it was animatronics and he got really into this scene where he's uh, wrestling it and he started beating the shit out of it <laughs> and the alligator the, the crocodile oh. man had literally had to be please stop you're like beating the shit out of the me the alligator operator yeah in, right in so uh, yeah. yeah it was uh, they're into their last few roles now yeah there's splishing and splashing oh Kevin fucking quicksand as well here's some strange new concepts to be scared of some things for kids to be scared of forever quicksand were you ever scared of quicksand as a kid because I was definitely yeah. I swore yeah, yeah. it was going to be a thing I've seen some internet stuff going around about the fact that like I thought quicksand was going to be more of a concern basically is the thing that a lot of kids <laughs> from the 90s were, were led to believe in adulthood that like I've never encountered quicksand but we were led to believe it's going to be a big deal here's the thing though right about Here's yeah. quicksand versus nets, right? Because are you scared of nets? Nets. Like if the a New big York net nets? fell on you, is that something you're scared that's going to happen? No, no. Really. But think about no. it. In in most things you watched as a kid, there was quicksand and there was nets, oh, wasn't there? Nets. But yeah. goodies got trapped and children got trapped in quicksand, whereas baddies and villains got put in nets. And right. I think it had the roles been reversed. So. <laughs> 
It's a whole different we're, ball we're game. We live in a different universe. Different universe. The floor being quicksand and then turning back into floor and trapping him inside the floor. Yeah, now if you're one of the kids like me who played the, the floor is lava, but then your friends wanted to play the floor is quicksand, but then not, but then again. But and then you the get floor is finish. Uh, and that, that Peter and Sarah are both stuck in it, and they be kind of they're kind of cute with each other, and they're a bit close, and but they're stuck in the floor. Here we're we're, we're beating around the bush. There's a bit coming up here that's going to traumatize the fuck out of you. So it is. <sighs> the, oh, there's oh look, there's one spiddly diddly. Oh no, there's many spiddly diddlies. Fuck this. But can I hit you with some analysis here? I noticed yeah. that these weren't hairy, dusty, prickly no. spiddly diddlies. I, I, I will tell you what these spiddlies were made out of, Kevin. You know cola bottle gummies? Yes. Right? If you use that gummy to make spiders, that's what these are made out of. They're, they're juicy spiders, aren't they're, they? They're gummy spiders, which made me a little bit less scared of them, but oh, still scared Because for me, out of, on the spider scale, a meaty mm. spider is scarier than a fuzzy spider. Because a fuzzier spider, I can be like, hey, you and I are not so different, spider, you know? Because well, yeah, I'm also you stroke hairy. it. Yeah. But mm. I don't like this bulbous meat sack fucking spiddly diddly. No way. These are not good spiddlies. We get lots of callbacks here now, like any good set. Like, you know, yeah. everything I traumatized you about the first act, madam. Here it is again. <laughs> Peter has to go to a shed to try and find an axe in the shed. And he uses an axe to try and get into the shed and then looks at the camera to be like, I've already got the axe because I'm using an axe to get into the shed. And I, that was a solid gag. I Great really love that little tiny fourth wall break. It kind of came out of nowhere and I loved it. I feel like we've not talked about the humour of the movie, and I mean, there is humour there. Yeah, it's not just, like, non-stop horror. But I would say the humour is there to provide some, like, load-bearing levity in fucking relief moments. Then I wouldn't necessarily say that it is a funny movie. That's a bit where Alan's saying, you know, oh, thank God there's a toilet because I've been using banana leaves for so long. Would you say this is less of a comedy than The Mask? Yes. So Robin Williams is not at his unrestrained, loud... Oh, jeez, imagine Robin Williams as the mask. Fucking hell. Yeah. You know, uh. so this is not, like, balls-to-the-walls full-on comedy. This is more fa- family romp with some humour in it because you got Robin Williams in it. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there's other comedic performances in this that are all very good. So, Kirsten Dunst gets poisoned. Little boy is hitting all them yeah. juicy spiders. And then the house is like me after my Christmas dinner poo. Split in twain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. I mean, so there's been a flood, there's been an earthquake, the house has been split in two. And now there's your a big dad's going to kill middle. you and have sex with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit where he's swinging from a vine and manages to pick up the game, and it felt a little bit Indiana Jones, and I did like that. It's cool. That was good. His dad, the hunter man, Van Pelt, is back, covered in paint, pointing a gun, but, oh, he's not running away, because his dad told him to face up to what he's afraid of. Those bullies won't bother me now. And his fa- last word is Jumanjo. Sorry, Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanjo is the ones on Etsy that you can't, you have to sell with a different name because you don't have the rights to do the thing. Yeah, yeah. It, but he drops the dice. They roll on the right number, I guess. The, the, not much is explained about the rules of Jumanji or how you win, really. It's if just like, you get you just to gotta the, get the end, right it's grand. Now, I you, thought Jumanji would be the type of game like Ludo where if you rolled over the... Like, in Ludo, if you're three spaces away and you roll four, you go one, two, three, and then you go back one, you know, if right. you're at the end. Yeah, yeah. And I figured Jumanji would be doing shit like that, absolutely. I refu- 
refuse to believe this game would be this cruel and then not have that as a mechanic. No. But when he wins the game, everything disappears. All the bad stuff goes away. Van Pelt gets sucked. It's kind of whisked away in a tornado. Yeah, no, it was actually a lot like my Christmas dinner itself in that it was kind of slurped up and just whisked away in a matter of seconds very neatly, but left a lot of damage in its wake. One final horrifying CGI thing here just to send us out is, is great. And oh, they're back in the 60s. Quick, stop young Kennedy again. being assassinated. What's... Ah... They have memory of what happened. Go get some of that sweet moon real estate before the buy-in gets good. His dad's alive, gives him a hug. His dad is nice and apologises. Is this the weirdest time travel we've ever had in Cinema Swirl? Because this is strange time travel. It's like, you have went back... Because I don't know what the fucking rules of this are. But it's like, you both have went back in time, maintaining the full knowledge of what's happened, but you have... of, of what's happened in the future, assumedly knowing about the future and like... But that future didn't happen. But it didn't happen, but they can remember but it did it. happen but then they some ah oh and then they can carry on and then we go into the future from the past in this other timeline where like his dad's alive and they're married and then it's like hey here are the kids from the movie and guess what your parents aren't dead because we fucking changed everything it's it's mad it's even weirder than the weird, like, your life is just better now, deal with it from Back to the Future. Yeah, it, uh, now I'm thinking about it, the rules of Jumanji time travel are very complicated. Because if they didn't win the game, and the game got destroyed or lost or taken away, and they never saw it again, are, is that now the that they would exist in that timeline forever? Is that timeline that they've just come from, Sam? Is that a timeline where there will never be sneakers, and now they've went back to a time where there are? Which yeah. is obviously our timeline, right? Fucking hell, I've not... I didn't think about all of this time travel gump at the end <laughs> oh it's, it's all complicated up the works now, so yeah it but everything's nice at the end yeah, yeah and it's easy and it's all sorted because they're going to go and take care of this game forever they chuck it in the river and as we all know from batman returns that gets rid of all your problems forever right oh i'm danny devito and now i'm jumanji i'm coming to get you ah! Hey, Stanley Ipkiss throws the mask in the river, doesn't he? He does. I was hoping someone would come start swimming after it, like... But here's the thing, though, right? I think this is the main principal difference between the two and all the pitches and all that Mm -hmm. of the two movies is that Jumanji offers nothing good. Like, as in the board game itself as an entity. The mask has a lure of power and you know, unlimited this, that, and the other. Whereas best case scenario with Jumanji, you might get to have a nice chat with your dad and work some shit out. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, there's no He will have a gun. That's all though. Yeah. Jumanji is just an onslaught of, Jumanji the game is an onslaught of just, just punishment for you there. It did just hurts. It's, it's true what they say, Sam. Games were a lot harder back then. <laughs> And instead of it being, you know, bullet hell, it's just like jungle hell. hell you it's know? just hell. It is hell. So there we are, Jumanji, a yeah. movie which much, much, much different. They go, this is funny because like, I watched it like right in the middle of the day where it's like, I'm going to sit down with my notes now. I'm going to watch it proper, you know, research and all. Yeah. Whereas previous times I've watched it, it's been like, let's put on Jumanji. Way, we're all having pizza and beers and a fun time. And I think this movie is very much. It's a group. I mean, did you watching it on your own? Do you think you had less fun than if you watched it in a big group of joviality? Oh, yeah, probably because I could, you know, lighten the load of some of this film's burden. 
by sharing it with mates, you know, like a nice glass of Pepsi Max. But like, Joe watched both this and Uncut Gems with me, and I was thankful for both both yeah, times. Had for someone being... there with you. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't have that luxury. Did it make you anxious? The movie. I know we talked a lot about anxious yeah. things, but did it actually get to you? I, honestly, yeah, in bit. It, like it was just uh, there was a lot of big emotional stuff. There's a lot of big scary stuff. The monkeys are going to stick with me forever. We had that question about things invading your dreams. Those monkeys are going to get into my fucking dreams. And your nightmares as well, by the looks yeah. of things. Sam, have you seen the poster for Jumanji? Uh, with Robin Williams, like, uh, Yeah, have you seen it? the yeah. fucking look on him? What movie are you advertising? <laughs> Seriously, the little fucking go on, it'll be grand. He's like he's on a roller coaster having fun. He looks like but he's having a whale like of a time. Yeah, no. It's this. What I will say is this wasn't as. F- this There's funny bits, there's humour. This is not the episode you thought it would be for the Robin no. Williams debut swirl, though, right? No, and some of the bi- the big comedy beats kind of came from Carl, the police officer, often. And the I kids. thought he was very good. The kids. Robin Williams, it, it's a great performance. Great cast all around. And it's 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 very emotionally well-rounded and uh, it's good. It's a great cast, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. And I, I, to be honest, I thought we were going to be in the jungle for most of this. I didn't realise the jungle was coming out to us. Yeah, I had this whole thing in my head about the jungle, but then I realised, like many of the movies we've done recently here, I was thinking uh, erroneously about the 90s animation spin-off of this, which ran for right. three seasons I, from 1996 onwards. Oh, did the, hold on, did the spin-off cover when he got sucked into the game? Yeah, and the, I don't want to spoil it about the spin-off, okay. but yeah, I mean, that covers a lot more of what the Jumanji world is like, mm. but, and there are a few nods as well, I would say, in the, the new Jumanji movies, there are a few nods to, to the original Original. The new Manji movies. But yeah. I will say, new Manji is a different beast to this completely, because I saw Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle on a recommendation from a friend recently. Is it good? Eh. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie, right? I don't feel bad saying that, because, I mean, you may well enjoy it and watch it yourself and have a hoot, but yeah. someone told me, like, watch this, it is a mindless, brainless, leave your brain at the door, comatose, fun, dumb romp. And right. I thought it was really fucking really laboured like the CG okay. looks worse than the CG here and oh. there's a lot of like big set piece joke things that just don't land at all so like, I, I I found myself not wanting to see the second new Jumanji movie because the first one eh it did nothing for me I mean The Rock is fu- it's fun to see The Rock and Kevin Hart and you know yeah. Jack Black and stuff like Jack Black's a treat in it but not something that we would do for Swirl I think for Swirl it would be a bit of a moot point to do a, yeah. such a modern movie so yeah but I mean hmm. did this make you like Make you think more Jumanji movies? You want to see more of this world? I kind of want to check out the the new Manji. Yeah. See what they do with it. I was thinking a side series on Patreon for times where it's like stuff that we feel bad putting into either category. We have a series where Sam and Kevin just feckin' review the name of the movie. I I think that would work out well. Because there's a bunch of movies that fit into that. Stuff I've seen. There's stuff that, you know, we just want to watch and talk about. Because we upset a lot of people by putting Street Fighter into the swill. But I yeah. think we only put it in the swill is because it's historically considered to be a bad movie. But if you're but on the fence, become, the, the swill yeah. series is about kind of judging those if they're actually bad or not. Yeah. 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 I'm starting to get concerned about my rating for this already. Ooh. I wasn't feeling anxious enough. And I'm now anxious about what I'm going to rate this. Because I think... The Jumanji anxiety never ends, folks. Jumanxiety is really like hitting <laughs> me hard here. 
I think part of my feeling about this film is that it it was unexpected to me. I, I, I think I completely missold you on this. I, well, I, I thought you just said is, you'd have a great time. I thought this was good. Yeah, you did say that to me. I thought this was going to be something else. But what it was was not bad. It was actually very good. That's happened something similar recently with another movie yeah. we reviewed, I swear. Yeah, like it's, it, I, it's not what I thought it was going to be. But what it was was very, very good. Like when you order something at a restaurant and it turns out to be something completely different, you know? Yeah. And it turns out, oh, this this is okay. Nice, but you're not getting what you wanted and there's a kind of discombobulation there and you're like, oh, okay. So I think that's what I'm feeling. I don't want to rate this too low based Mm -hmm. on that, but I don't want to like heap too much praise on it. Okay, so where are we at then? I think, and I I might come to regret this slightly, that... I th- I think based on performances and the the action and the oh, well uh, now now my complaint is that there's not really a story oh there is a story there there's is a story now. about dads ah uh, you are caught up about this it's been a long time because I'm I'm thinking about what uh, I, right, uh, no I'm gonna have to go half measures again again That's fine. I'm gonna have to go three and a half this is a three and a half star white movie don't worry okay you three and a half now I'm saying it it's three and a half you heard it here first. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, it was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. If you want to support the show directly and get access to our monthly bonus show, Cinema Swirl, patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinema Swirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl on Facebook. If you have any questions, queries, comments or other stuff for the mailbag, then please send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to friends or leaving reviews on whichever podcast thing you use. Hey, we're now on Spotify as well, if that's your preference. You can head over to Spotify and search for Cinema Swirl. All right. See you next time. Bye.